Mike Murphy, uh-huh. Fred Hugh, Murph and Fred back together again <laughs> on ESPN One Thousand. How you doing, everybody? Murph and Fred, as the big voice man just said, every Saturday nine till noon. Glad you're with us, Fred. We have a problem, Houston. We have a problem. We have about. Uh, 20 hours to shove into a, a three-hour show. Well, see, I was going to say the rest of baseball <laughs> has a problem because of heat. So, you know, that, that's <laughs> going to be difficult. Done. That's going to be difficult this year now that they have Garrett Cole to add to the already really good uh, pitching rotation. Oh, we're going to talk about pitching rotations. Yeah. Uh, John DeWan will join us. The man with the numbers, statoftheweek.com. John will be with us sometime uh, later this hour. Jesse Rogers will join us sometime in the 10 o'clock hour. And we're going to shoehorn in. Got some great angles fresh new Bears angles. Fred, we're going to visit with the Larry Mayer, ChicagoBears.com, sometime in the 11 o'clock hour. Very, very cool. A lot of questions for the Bears as the uh-huh. uh, as the uh, NFL season, the NFL year cuts mm-hmm. underway around March 14th. So right. a lot of guys, are they going to sign them? Are they going to, what are they going to do? What's, what's going to happen in the draft? Lots of fun coming up with the Bears. We'll also have a uh, sports pop quiz sometime in the next three hours. Reach into the old uh, prize uh, drawer here. See what we can pull out for you if you are the winner. Also, I understand, uh, Fred, you got a, a four-pack in your pocket right there, right? I got a couple of four-packs <laughs> of tickets for the Chicago Golf ah. Show presented by okay. uh, the PGA Tour Superstore. Okay. Uh, coming up this February 23rd through the 25th down cool. at the Stevens Convention Center uh, mm-hmm. out in Rosemont. So we'll figure out a way to give away yeah. these tickets. And, Be- uh, between now and noon? Between now and wow. noon. Yep, hey, two four-packs. Our buddy Peter Longo will be there. The uh, uh, the man with all the trick shots will be doing some presentations. So we'll have all that. It's always a trick shot when I play golf, when I hit the ball and it goes straight. <laughs> That's what I'd call a trick shot. Or Mike North's old joke, North would say, ah, but my ball always hits the windmill when it's going around and bounces it down, yeah. down towards Tui Avenue. That's the way it goes. <laughs> hey, Park King, I played that a few times. Exactly. Times. Hey, let's take a look at the uh, Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. We have one every half hour. Love for you to vote six times each half hour at ESPN 1000, 9 right, o'clock. because you can only vote once per poll. I don't know how that they works. Will let, well, they will let you vote a second time. So once you vote, it's oh. locked in. So oh, whatever. You can only vote six times, once for each of the six polls. I like to say do it once every half hour. Uh-huh. It's sort of like uh, extending the time spent listening, except it's different. Yes. What? <laughs> no inside uh, radio workshop, okay? All right, uh, Twitter poll uh, for 9 o'clock. Oh, you like this one, Federico. The White Sox player most needed to have a big year. All right, multiple choice, A, B, C, or D. The White Sox most need a big year from Lucas Giolito. Ah, Carson Fulmer. Okay. Johan Mancato or Tim Anderson? Vote right now, White Sox fans, at ESPN 1000. We'll get Fred's vote on that in a few minutes. White Sox most need a big year from Giolito, Fulmer, two of the young pitchers. Star of the future, maybe the present, Mancato. Or Mancada. Mancada. You're making him Italian all of a sudden. Well, all of a sudden, there, uh, <laughs> someone wrote it down on my sheet uh, last night at midnight. I hope that Will was you tell me. Dana to stop then. I'm going to blame lovely Dana for that. <laughs> Dana, you put an O instead of an A in Mancado, Mancada. Or D, shortstop Tim Anderson. 
voted ESPN 1000. All right, uh, let's see here, Fred. Uh, I want to look at a few things. In fact, I, we have a new segment. All okay. Right? And uh, we're going to call this Nobody Asked Me But. Uh-huh. All right. I'm getting in the mood now. Thank you, E11. Eric Ostrowski. E-O-11. All right. Three three two three seven seven six. If you have a nobody asked me, but number one, White Sox. Nobody asked me, but I bet Matt Davidson sixth or seventh every day all year long, either DH or at third base. I want to see what he's got. Mm-hmm. Fred, you got the young kid for the future. What's his name? Hamburger, Jeff Burger. Uh, you got a burger. Jake. Jake Burger. Jake Burger. All right. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to do this. They're going to they're going to do all kind of other mix and match. But you're the white because they fan. like Lori Garcia know, for some reason. Lori Garcia is going to be there, out, you know, quite often. So I know he's a great glove. Yeah, and Matt Davis nice twenty six homers. You got to yes. you got to see if he can uh, hit the ball and get a better average and. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the more he's out there, he can definitely be a 30-home run guy. Basically, he's the White Sox Kyle Schwarber. I buy that. But he doesn't have the on-base percentage. Did but he, he lose, did he lose 30, 30 pounds this winter also? I, he did shave. <laughs> so, But I don't think there was 30 pounds of beard there. So nobody asked me, but I'd play and bet Matt Davidson every stinking day. Two, three months, four months. Hey, kid, that's yours. You come to the park. Just look at the lineup for one thing. Am I the DH or am I playing third? Yeah. Do you need your glove or not yeah. need a glove? Right. He, he, he did check into camp with a uh, fielder's glove and a first baseman's glove. So, and he, but he did make sure he let everybody know. He also came up, brought a batting helmet with him. So he'd like to hit. <laughs> is he going to wear that at third base? Who I hear? He wants to be in that lineup anyway as a DH, a third baseman, a first baseman, filling in for a Bray, whatever. Your guy Richie Dick Allen used to wear the helmet at first base. Well, you know, when you write the, dirty words <laughs> into the ground in Philadelphia, you need a helmet. It was for those uh, pop bottles they were throwing down from the upper deck at old Connie Mack yeah. him, right? Yeah, when he starts writing stuff in the dirt that, yeah. that yeah. the camera can't shoot. And we can't say. Who are you guys talking about? Well, Google it up. I don't have time to explain everything for everybody. Well, Dick Allen's name comes up every year around the all, around the Hall of Fame because people can't believe he was yeah. probably one of the best players uh-huh. to not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. EO11, you familiar with the great uh, Richie, don't call me Richie, Dick Allen, uh, EO? More just a name. Like, all I'm right. familiar with the name, but all that's right. about it. Yeah. He was, 72 MVP for the White Sox. He, American League MVP. He came up with the Phillies. Uh, he had a very rough time at uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, if you can just understand what I'm saying. As well, did his you, uh, young teammate, Fergie Jenkins. Yeah. If you saw the movie 42, you understand uh, why, you why you some go. of those players might have had no This problem. guy was built like a brick. Yep. He was the strongest guy you've ever seen. He would hit the ball about 440 feet. At a line. Yeah, Richie <laughs> Allen. In fact, here's what you can do at home or EO. Google up Richie Allen and then go to like the photos or whatever they call it, images. And you might pull up the picture of Richie Allen Sports Illustrated cover. One of the greatest ones of all time. He's, he's in the, Eric's probably seen this one. He's in the White Sox dugout. He's got the beautiful uh, uh, red uh, White red Sox pinstripes. pinstripes exactly uh-huh. right. And he's got the helmet on. Uh, he's juggling some, juggling baseballs. Right. He's holding a handful of like seven baseballs. But he's got a big Marlboro sticking out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Did you find it already, Eric? Yeah, I see. He is huge, by the way. Yeah. His shoulders are so wide. He was a he was the first man I saw naked in a locker room. Well, 
Congratulations. Okay, at least, I, at least see, you weren't the bad boy. No, right? at least you know that. He's the first guy I saw naked in a locker room, and I said, my God, look at that stomach it How is. How about the cigar- cigarettes? How about the cigarette sticking out of his mouth, cover of Sports Illustrated? Yeah, he might have had. He might have been the first guy I saw yeah. with a six-pack. <laughs> a real six-pack. Yeah, that was, it didn't have beer in it. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. 3323776. Nobody asked me, but... The Chicago Cubs, I would bet, Albert Elmora, leadoff, every stinking day for the first three months. All right? Yeah, give him a day off every two weeks, I'm not saying. I would put Elmora as a kid, you're batting leadoff. Okay. And don't look at, again, you don't look at the lineup card when you get in in the morning. You're batting leadoff, you're playing center field every stinking day. Maybe we'll give you one day off every other week, okay? And you're betting leadoff and just go hit the ball. Well, but Murphy can't hit righties. Ah, hold on now. Don't just say that because everyone says that. You know, I've heard a lot of that around everywhere lately. People just say stuff because they hear it. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Elmora, from about mm, August 20th on hit right-handed pitching, and he hit it with authority. Well, you know, Murph, September means nothing. I know that, too. I understand all that. It means nothing unless the teams you're playing are fighting also. Right. And a lot of them still work. So I would just say to Joe, or I would say to Ivy, is that the stupid computer that told him to bet Schwarber lead off last year? It may have been. Yeah. Ivy won't like this. Oh, his on base isn't high enough. What are we, oh, I can't stand it. He doesn't have a 360 OB. Yeah, right. You got no leadoff hitter. Oh, yeah, you put Bryant there. Oh, I got a sound bite of you, Fred. Uh-huh. Trying to uh, explain to Cap Sunday. I don't know. Cap was on your show Sunday. Yes, I think he was. Talking about uh, you, Darvish, maybe. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the signing of you. Me? Yeah, you no, and no, me. No, no, yeah. no. I don't want to play anymore. I, I, I'm happy here. And you, not Darvish, Hubner, uh-huh. uh, trying to explain. And then Cap gave you a little uh, lesson, a little scolding, why Bryant's the leadoff hitter. And then you had a great comeback. And then you got laughed off the air by everybody in the, in but the, see, the nice back part sound was, room. The nice part is I was controlling the, the you know, Cap, so I could have gotten rid of him if I wanted to. <laughs> but I didn't. Should we play Nine that? to noon, Monday through Friday. Should we Cap play that company. one now, EO11? Might as well, right? All right. Now, Fred, you and I are pups out of the same dog. Yeah, that's got to be an old dog. No, no, no. Mine was old. Fred's was a young pup. But we're pups out of the same dog. And don't get me started, but maybe we will when we hear this. So, Fred, who were you on with last Sunday? Adam Abdullah? Um, Abdullah and, and Black. And Black. Yeah. So it must be them sort of giggling in the background. I'm sure. you, right? Yeah. So you, I don't want to say you made the mistake, but you made the mistake of asking Cap after some great talk about Darvish. Well, who would you bat lead off? Well, let's eavesdrop here. Okay, I'm sorry. I got it, Eric. My I think the, old, the leadoff thing is overrated. I think that's old school baseball. I think that's, oh, my God, I got to get a little flea at the top of the lineup gets on, and then the next guy hits behind him, and then my thumpers come up. Baseball's different today, and you've got, why can't Chris Bryant lead off? He runs well, he gets on base, he's an elite base runner, 
He puts the ball in play, and he gives you power. Tell me why Chris Bryant can't be the leadoff guy. Well, he's not going to get any RBIs. That's the one thing. But no, it's just, RBIs that's a, are overrated. RBI is yeah, a team yeah. stat, Fred. That's Come on now. Heard. That's what I've heard. I guess they shut you up. Yeah, I, I think they were there. To be honest, they were. I think they were making light of it because, yeah, he um, Chris Bryant had a bunch of RBIs two years ago, and last year hitting second with nobody on base, he didn't have many, and all of a sudden RBIs don't mean that much. But it meant a lot when you get a hundred of them. The the only dumber thing than batting Schwarber number one would be batting Bryant number one. He'd get even fewer RBIs. Of course. Yeah, because there'd be nobody on base from the 8-9 and nine guy. Now, Cap knows the game better than anybody. Cap knows the game. And this is sort of, well, you hear other people say stuff, do you really think it through? You know, and Cap thinks everything through. He's terrific. I never miss him, 9 till uh, noon. I'm a P1, even though I'm not in my car. Yeah, I'm but not. I'm a P6. You want to explain that again? No, we did that I'm last week. I'm a P6. Week. Okay, fine. Stop yourself. Yeah. So, here's the thing. You bet Bryant number one. All right. Now, Eric, you're in the demo of everyone that was laughing sort of uh, at Fred right there. So did are you laughing at Fred, too, when he's like, well, you don't get any RBIs? No, I do think I want him batting lower in the lineup. Oh. Like, I don't want him being my leadoff batter. Well, there you go. You're absolutely correct. Now, here's the thing. Last year, Bryant batted number two for the first two months when Schwarber batted leadoff. All right. Schwarber couldn't get on base to save his life. Number one, as Fred was alluding to, check this one out. May, the month of May, all right? Bryant had seven home runs. That's terrific. You play six months. That's a pace for 42 homers, right? Are you going to about how many of them were solo? Well, you want to know how many RBIs, rib skis? I don't oh, know. that's a counting stat, too. It don't matter. Those ribbies don't mean nothing. Yeah. You, know, you old guys are stuck in the mud. They're counting stats. Yeah? All right. Maybe yes. Maybe no. Seven homers. Fred and I, uh, let's play the average game. You guys want to take a whack on the For the month? For the month. He had seven homers. Okay. You have to disqualify yourself if you already know. Okay, so on the count of three, you'll give the number of RBIs that you, uh, you know, you guess that Bryant had. Okay. In uh, the month of May with seven homers, have your number ready. On the count of three, you'll both sit at the same time. One, two, three, Twelve. eleven. Nine. <laughs> All right, let me roll that by everybody again. I want Bryant leading uh. off. He had seven homers in May and nine ribeyes. You know uh. why? Because no one was on base. No one's on base. No. Now, I understand the concept of betting your best players early in the lineup because you want them to bat more often. And we've always talked That's about that. That's always debatable, too. But, yes, go ahead. Yeah, but, but I understand that. You want your best guys to hit to be at the plate more often. But you still need to get people on base in front of your best hitters. Power hitters. Yeah. And that's... it's. All right. So, let's say you lead off uh, Bryant... Uh, Hey, Capper, three three two three seven seven six. Love to have you join in because everybody says it, not just Dave. You know, it's not just Dave. Everybody says this. Brian would be greatly there on base. All right. So let's say you bat Brian uh, number one, everybody. That means the first at bat every game, you're guaranteed there's nobody on, right? Right. That's right. right. Now, let's say, what's the average? About four, four and a half, maybe five at bat for the leadoff man a game, right? Yeah. Plate appearances. You know what I mean. Right. All right. Now, the other at bats... He may come up again, leading off an inning. You never know. But let's not even say that. 
Mm-hmm. So he's guaranteed the first time up, nobody on base. Now, every other time he comes up, you know who's batting in front of him? Seven, eight, and nine. Yes. All right. Which is probably going to be Hayward. Well, okay. Hayward, Russell. I'm in a good mood right now. Don't bring Hayward up Okay. Yet. We're going to save that for Chester Rue in the 10 o'clock hour. Okay. All right, now. So let's say the seven hitter makes the last out of an inning. All right. Who's coming up for the Cubs in the next inning? Well, it all depends if Joe's got the pitcher hitting eighth. Well, that's another point. <laughs> yeah. But I, there's reasons yes and there's reasons no. But let's uh, just say he don't. Okay? okay. So who's coming up next inning? Eight, nine, one. Yeah. Bryant, number one. All right. The number eight hitter's batting eighth because he can't hit. The number nine hitter's the pitcher. Unless later in the game and there's a or there's a double switch or you pinch it. So that means most of the time, he's coming up as Bryant with no one on base. Never in the first inning. And then you got seven, eight, nine in front of them. They're not getting on. Or they're making the last three outs. He's leading off again. You're going to have a guy that can hit 30 to 45 home runs with nobody on base. Go ahead. Good. Because why? Oh, I love his on base percentage. Now, here's what you do. You bet the pitcher sixth or seventh. This way, with Brian hitting one, yep. then you got good eight nine right. eight nine hitters. Now you're being facetious and only a little bit. I know, yeah. well, I know, but that's a great point because you're talking about the hitter eight. Now here's what happens then: even uh, pitcher eight, even when you bat the pitcher eight, all right. All of a sudden, that looks real good when nine gets on right. because you had the number nine hitter gets on, and then there's a, your leadoff. Uh-huh. But here's what can happen: so the pitcher's batting eight, and Joe Madden tried this. I predict, I predict, saying it like I mean, he'll never do it again. Here's why. So let's say, uh, let's say the number three hitter makes the final out of the inning. For okay. The Cubs. All right, next inning, you get four, five, six, seven, eight coming up, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so four and five get on base. All right? Yep. Six is coming up. He makes it out. You got one out, two on. Now the seven hitter's coming up, and they look already on the pitcher's up next. Right. They're going to. They may even intentionally walk or pitch around. You're you're in the meat still, and the sixth guy, or get to the walk the seventh guy to get to the pit. See, the higher the pitcher bats, Joe, the closer you get him to the meat of the order, which will screw up a two out rally. Right. All right. Well, what do I know? I'm just a fan. I want to do something you never should do in radio, Eric. Play that cut again, okay? All right. This was Fred on Sunday. Uh, co-hosts were Black and, and Abdallah. Abdallah. And uh, Cap, nice enough to come on. And it was a great segment. Cap had some great stuff on the newly signed you uh, Darvish. And then Fred said, let's veer into new territory. Hey, Dave, who should lead off? I think the, old, the leadoff thing is overrated. I think that's old school baseball. I think that's, oh, my God, I got to get a little flea at the top of the lineup who gets on, and then the next guy hits behind him, and then my thumpers come up. Baseball's different today, and you've got, why can't Chris Bryant lead off? He runs well, he gets on base, he's an elite base runner, he puts the ball in play, and he gives you power. Tell me why Chris Bryant can't be the leadoff guy. Well, he's not getting any RBIs. That's the one thing, but RBIs are overrated. RBIs is a team stat, Fred. Come on now. That's what I've heard. You, you really kept your composure well, young man. No, I, I think Chris was only kind of, only kind of pulling that because uh, the way he said it was kind of a sarcastic way of saying it. So maybe he, oh, you know, we'll right. find out more. But but still, that that's the way people feel. RBIs don't mean anything. Well, that's okay when when guys go to the, for uh, contract renewals and stuff like that, and their RBIs are at seventy and eighty instead of a hundred and a hundred and ten. 
Yeah, we'll see how much RBIs really mean. Or when you lose three to two and you left uh, nine men on base. Well, because no one knocked them in. Cubs didn't do that last year. <laughs> they had that, they were second they, in the league and run scored. Yeah, but they were uh, they were still not a great team, I don't think, with runners in scoring position. We'll get back on that, back on that with Jesse in the 10 o'clock hour. John DeWan coming up in a few minutes. Uh, okay, nobody asked me, but the Bears, they should draft in the first four rounds all linemen. All right, now I know. Yeah, you're, now you're crazy. No. Uh-huh. Hot take. Warm take or cold take? Uh, hot take, uh, warm take, or cold take on the count of three, both of you guys. One, two, three. Hot take. Yes! I go cold. <laughs> yes. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't like it because it's a hot take. Like, it's out there. Oh, that's you mean hot, hot takes take. are bad? No, hot <laughs> takes are hot takes, but a hot take is something that's out there. That's different. That's, that's why I that's never use hot takes. I thought hot takes were good takes that were out there. See, that's why I never use hot takes. I don't know what the hell they mean. Well, I don't either, evidently, no but Eric knows. I still like it. It was a hot take. Here's why. You're not planning to win in 2018, the Bears. 2019-2020. All I ever hear about is we got to build around Trubisky. we got to make him look good. Well, you know what? Here's what you do the first four rounds. Doug Buffon, God bless his soul. Protect the quarterback. Run the ball. Pressure the quarterback. the quarterback. Right. You know what? In the first four picks, you pick two offensive linemen, and you pick two edge linemen, be it a defensive end or the three, four outside linebacker. You know, you got to get two guys to rush the quarterback and two guys to protect the quarterback. And then you know what? Then you worry next year about filling in the wide receivers and the corners that you need, and this, you know. That's what you need, wide receivers and yeah, corners. I, uh, yeah, football is not like the other sports. Mm. In football, you don't build for two years down the road. You build for every year. But you're trying. You're right. You're you 100% build, you, right. You build to try to win every year. But aren't you also trying to build for the future of Trubisky? And that's the old line, in my opinion. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah you, still, you still have to. You can't say, mm-hmm. you know, we're focused on winning next year. In the NFL... You know, and it, that's why teams go from worst to first. Any, right. You know, more than in any other sport. Well, plus there are only four team divisions, so that that helps right. too. But so many times you go from worst to first because you're. Now I agree they should draft a defensive and offensive lineman in the first four picks. I just don't right. know if they should draft four of them. Okay, because their offense really needs some help. And final, nobody asked me, but and this will tie in with the John Dewan coming up, Fred. In baseball, everyone always talks about he's a he's a one, he's a two, he's a three, right? He's a four, he's a five, and we all know what that means. You hear it all the time. Here's another one of those things you hear it all the time, right? Yeah. Now, there's no right or wrong answer, Fred. In your opinion, how would you define or what is a one in a starting pitch, or better yet, what's a two? You know, or whatever. However you want to approach it, how do you define that? Um, I'm looking at it too. I'm looking at a guy that can win between 12 and 15 games, make 30 some starts in the season. How many losses on that 12? Oh, I'm that's not right. About wins that. don't matter. Yeah. Oh, that's well, right. Oh, I matter. hate the wins yeah. and losses. Yeah, I want I the whip. Yeah, I don't care about those uh, those people that say yeah, wins don't like matter. Like an Arlington Park, show them the whip. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. When when Fergie was winning 26 years in a row, that mattered. Um, e- EO 11. Uh, how do you define a a one or a two? And in, in your mind, there's no right or wrong answer. 
That's hard. Um, I think it's relative to your staff because you rank them oh. with the players that are oh, on that's your interesting. staff. Hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Comma. Hold that thought. That's great. What you're saying is a one on the uh, Miami Mar- a one on the Padres might be different from a one on the Cubs. Absolutely. He's probably a six on the Cubs. But is that really fair to call the guy on the Padres an ace, a one? A one. Yeah. He's their one. Well, see, right. the other, you have to preface our, it like that. He's, he's an idiot, Padres but he's our idiot. Yeah. yeah, but see, the, when people look at a guy like Michael Kopech or Dane Dunning, they go, what is he? And they'll they'll tell you, well, he, we, he's a two. Uh-huh. Or he's a one. He's got a you know potential to be a one. Would it be a two with the Cubs or a two with this year's Padres? Well, see, no one says that Michael Kobach's going to be a three or a four or a all five. All right, all right. They all say he's going to be a one or a two. That's why so we So that's have what you're hoping for. The man with the numbers coming up in a moment from statoftheweek.com. Real quickly, and, and the one. we don't have any have to have any reaction, um, but you were asking uh, the, the, the whole segment. I was wondering if... Um, after you win three Stanley Cups in eight years, is it is it fair for the fans to boo you? Oh, it's good. Because they do it. They hadn't won in how many years and all of a sudden <laughs> now, you know, the anytime the Blackhawks hit the ice, uh-huh. and I do mean literally hit the ice, they're getting booed because they okay. are a bad hockey team. I right guess now. Uh, the operative word there was is it is it fair? Yeah, is it right? Yeah. To, yeah. Oh, to the, boo a team that's won you three Stanley now Cups. We have to define right. Yeah. I love it. We'll get that when we return to nobody asked me but Sometime either today or a year from now, but that's a good one. Uh, let's get the results. EO11, Murph and Fed Fan Focus Group Twitter poll for 9 o'clock. Uh, White Sox most need a big year from starting pitcher Giolito, starting pitcher Fulmer, starting second baseman, star of the future, uh, Moncada. Our uh, shortstop Tim Anderson. What the fans say? Then, or Fred, what do you guess the fans are going to say, or what would you say? I think the fans are going to say Moncada first, mm-hmm. and then go from there. Okay, I say Tim Anderson. We'll discuss that. What were the f- answers there, Eo? All right, from bottom to top, five percent say Lucas Giolito, ten percent say Carson Fulmer, right? Thirty-one percent say Tim Anderson, and fifty-four nope. percent say Yohan Moncada. Okay, we'll get back to that a little bit later. Vote uh, at our 9.30 now, but we're going to break away, so we have plenty of time. Coming up next, the man with some unique, interesting numbers, and we sort of uh, seeded the clouds a moment ago. Jesse in the 10 o'clock hour, some uh, interesting uh, new Bears talk, some new angles uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred vote at ESPN 1000. Snow is disappearing until this afternoon. Ah, just going to be a little bit. A little dusting of wet snow. Can you have a dusting of wet snow or just a dusting of dry snow? I'm not sure. It's not going to be much. Where's Tracy Butler when you need her? I don't know. I'm just thinking the same thing. (laughs) She'd have an answer for that, I'm sure. She seems to have... uh... I love this show! I love this show! Thank you, Tracy! Well, she can let us know. If nothing else, we'll check by next week. One minute away from the man with the numbers, John Dwan. Check him out at statoftheweek.com. Let's take a quick look at our Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll for this half hour. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. 
Blackhawks, who pays the price? A, Coach Q. B, GM Stan. C, both. D, neither. Blackhawks, who pays the price? Coach Joe Quenville, GM Stan Bowman, both of them, or neither of them. Oh, let's play the famous John DeWan song. Let's go to startoftheweek.com, baseballinfosolutions.com. The man with the numbers, he's mostly a baseball guy, but they cover all the sports. John DeWine, Murph and Fred, good morning. Hey, Murph and Fred, the <laughs> snow is melting here, but not in Pyeongchang, South Korea, where the Olympics are going strong. I love the Olympics, oh, Murph and Fred. Y- yes, you do. Let the record show. No one I know, Fred, loves, follows, is an expert of the Olympics more than John DeWine. So we always carve out a minute or two for some Olympic talk and... Uh, I see here you again uh, did your stat of the week projections as you do every year, and you're usually always right on the money. You did your uh, projections for this year for uh, medals, gold medals. Uh, how did uh, how'd you line up uh, the U.S.? And then you can tell us how you are looking and how they're looking up up to the minute, John. All years go. All right, so every two years I work with the Wall Street Journal, and their uh, reporters uh, can come up with probabilities of every competitor winning either gold medal or any medal overall. And I take all those probabilities, and I run a 1,000 simulations, and then we come up with our projected gold medals and total member medals for every team, every country. So uh, prior to the Olympics, it, it ran in the Wall Street Journal and also Stat of the Week, and we were projecting the U.S. and Norway to tie with 36 medals uh, for the most medals of any country, Canada at 33, Germany at 32. Mm-hmm. Now, one weekend, we certainly have some great stories. Sean White, unbelievable last run to win a gold. Yep. A couple of 17-year-olds, Red Gerard and Chloe Kim, winning gold medals for the U.S., Really, really fun stories and really, really fun to watch. Uh-huh. Um, but U.S. is, is kind of looking uh, like they might fall short of our projection. So we got another week to go, hmm. and we'll see what happens. But uh, right now, I'd probably favor Norway to win the most medals. Right now, a Norway total of 19. U.S., uh, as of like, uh, last night when I checked, around eight total uh, uh, medals. And you had the projection of... A tie, uh, when it's all said and done, 36 total for U.S., 36 total for Norway. Gold, USA 11, gold, Norway 12. Uh, a real close projection, and right now uh, we need a little uh, U.S. coming from behind. They've lost a few tough medals already, right, uh, with the Vaughn uh, yesterday. Right, yeah. So, uh, you know, and uh, Nathan Chen, you know, what a great performance he did after after he struggled uh, in the in the uh, short program. But, um, yeah, the U.S. is going to make a comeback because uh, in freestyle skiing, they're really, really strong. And that most of those events haven't played out yet. But um, uh, but I don't know if they'll make it all the way back. But it's certainly fun to watch. Well, you know, and, and Schifrin and Jacobellas finished fourth. 
So there's two exactly. medals, right? Two medals you, you just <laughs> lost on, and and you know fourth by just a hair, and then and then uh, Schifrin was uh, actually sick in, in her run, and she finished fourth. So those uh, are those are two more they could have had. I got him them right now of having nine. They would they would have right. given him eleven, and then twelve if you got the other. So you know it, it's up to the damn athletes to live up to what you no, said. No, no, John Dewan should have run the number one thousand and one and one thousand and two simulation. <laughs> just right. stop too soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get you got to give a lot of credit to these young athletes. How hard they work, and you know, obviously, it's a big disappointment when they come in fourth. Uh, but sure. uh, you know, they did the best they could, and I, I just enjoy watching them perform. Check that all out at uh, statoftheweek dot com. You should check that out every week. Yeah, I'm going to do an update, Murph, right. on uh, on Monday. So we'll, we'll see where we stand. We'll put a, a update out on Stat of the Week so people can look for that. Nicely done. Now, Fred. Uh, but a little behind the scenes, uh, I uh, asked John uh, and the guys over at uh, BIS, BaseballInfoSolutions.com, if they could do a little uh, homework. Okay. And hopefully it's something that uh, uh, John, one of the guys, uh, might want to incorporate uh, more often in the future. The phone rings over there and they go, ah, oh, it's Murphy. He wants us to work again. <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, must be no, near, it's always great. It's must always be great. near Murph's baseball season. Murph's on the phone again with John. <laughs> All right. I'm calling this. This is new, the rotation strength metric. Now, if you're just joining us uh, about the last 10 minutes of the last segment, I asked uh, Fred Hubner and uh, Eric Ostrowski, I said, you know, guys, we all hear the phrase, oh, he's a one, baseball starting pitcher. Oh, he's a two, he's a three. And I'm thinking, you know, there's no real definition. This is just sort of subjective. Everyone's got their own opinion. And we were even saying, is, is, the, is the opening day guy with the Padres, is he a one? Well, he's their one. But would be would he be a one on the Cubs, uh, or maybe they don't have a one? Well, but they maybe got it. He's no. their opening. Well, there you go. See? All their guys are threes. <laughs> but there's no definition. <laughs> so I said, well, heck with the subjective definitions. Let's have John actually go by the numbers. So the way we looked at it, and John said, oh, I'll find that out. There's 30 big league teams. They've all got an opening day guy. In my opinion, that means. You know, to make this numerically possible with the computers at, at uh, uh, baseball info, so you've got 30 aces. Now, everyone's got a guy going second to start. That would be number 31 through number 60 overall in the big leagues they, because they're technically a one, a two, a three, a four, a five. Gotcha. So what we wanted to see was the last year, uh, 2017, who were the top 30 pitchers in baseball? Now, they might have been one on 30 different teams. Or maybe one team at all five of the top 30. See where I'm going with this? So, if a team had five pitch starting pitchers in the top 30 last year, that would be an ace, an ace, an ace, an ace, and an ace. Add them up, that would be five points. Or let's say a team had uh, three guys in the top 30. That's one plus one plus one. But... They had two more starting pitchers of their five between 31 and 60. They would be technically twos uh, by default, de facto. So you'd have a one, a one, a one, and a two, and a two, two, four, five. You'd have seven overall points. Now, you might have the Padres, John Dewan, who unfortunately for them in their tank or rebuild, they might have five starting pitchers that finished in the lower one-fifth. In other words, from 121 
to 150. It's 150 starting pitchers, right? 30 teams times five. So they would have five plus five plus five plus, they'd have 25. So in other words, the lowest number would be five, all aces. And the worst you could be is five times 25. So the number is to range between five and 25. Johnson, did I confuse everybody enough yet, please? All right, five to twenty-five. So yeah, if you have five ones, it's a it's a five. If you have five fives, it's twenty-five. So I, I think that's tr- pretty straightforward. All and right. The cool yeah. thing is yeah. that Bill James has developed the exact metric that we can use. He developed this thing called the world's number one starting pitcher ranking. Wait, he stole. And, wait a minute. He stole our SM from me. Rotation strength metric. Well. We're gonna we're oh. gonna take what he did and and <laughs> oh. jump it into your metric. Right. Okay, so, good. Uh, it's gonna be a a, right. a hybrid. Nice. So so he ranks every starting pitcher in baseball, and I, we got a list on Bill James Online from one to 180 starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll give you the top five. It'll, it'll be pretty straightforward to people. Sure. That, you know, hey, this is a pretty good system. So number one, Corey Kluber. Number two, Max Scherzer. Number three, Justin Verlander. Number four. Clayton Kershaw and number five Chris Sale. So it's a really, really good system that gives you a very good idea of how good a p- the pitchers are, not just based on mm-hmm. last year, but last year counts the most, but where you really think they are right at this moment in time. And they are so all, we- excuse me, and they're all in the top 30 uh, right. of the league. Uh, so they would all be uh, under this, my little system, they'd be a one, or one. they'd have total of, if all those guys were on one team, you'd have five for your raw number of your starting pitching metric. Right. So uh, the, t- the first 30 that Bill ranks mm-hmm. are, are we, what we consider a one. Correct. And the next 30 are mm-hmm. twos. Right. And so on. Next 30 are threes. Right. So, you know, what we want to know here in Chicago is uh, how do our teams fare, right? Uh-huh. So we'll, so we'll start with the White Sox. All right. So, you know, rebuild going on. Uh, worst score is 25. The Reds are the worst team in baseball with 24. They have five, four fives and a four. Uh, the White Sox have two threes and three fives, so they're at 21. Not so good. Mm-hmm. They rank 26, but, you know, we got a team that's rebuilding there, and right. we got some really, really good pitching prospects sure. on the way up. This is right, right, now, so right now. now, right now, current, and we understand, you know, uh, uh, Rodon and uh, you've got uh, Lopez, Giolito, but it's, this is just for right now. Correct. Go ahead, please. This is right now. Yeah. All right. So now the Cubs. Who do we got here? Let's. I'm going to tell you the okay. ranks of the Cub pitchers on the Bill James number world's number one starting pitcher rankings. We got Kyle Hendricks, ranked 12. That's a one. Okay. One of the 30 best pitchers in baseball. That's a one. Okay. Jose Quintana ranks 13. That's a one. Now, hold on. Ja- hold the phone. That is very impressive. Uh, Jose Quintana is, give us that again. Is ranked as the 13th best starting pitcher in baseball. I would never have thought. I knew he was better than I thought he was with my eyes. But these numbers, that's very impressive, Fred. A 13th yep. in baseball uh-huh. from Bill James. Yep. Uh, John Lester, 15. So he's a one. He's a one. Hugh Darvish. Well, he's 36. got. He's got to be in the top thirty. Hugh Darvish. He's got to be a one. He's thirty-six. He's thirty-six. Uh, having missed uh, so much time in fifteen and sixteen, okay. 
he's he comes out as thirty six. So he's a two. He's a two. Hmm. And uh, this will this will this you'll I think you'll be a bit surprised because I was surprised by it. Yeah. Tyler Chatwood, you know, pitching with the Rockies all those years and, and not looking very good, but his uh, but his home ERA with the in his career is five twenty five because he spent most of it pitching in Coors Field. But his away ERA, which is a better indicator of what kind of pitcher he is, is three thirty one, and he ranks seventy two on on Bill's list, which makes him a three. He's a three. So the Cubs. These are three. So the Cubs have three ones. Okay, I can wait. Let me try to add this up in my head. One plus one plus one. <laughs> okay. A two. Hugh, Hugh Darvish so was you, a two. So you can still do this one, on two, one two, three, You four, can still five. do this on one foot now. <laughs> it's five. <laughs> right? Okay. And then Tyler Chatwood's a three. That's that's eight. You got to take that shoe off. That's eight. All right. Low number wins. Where does the Where do the Cubs rank? Today, in uh, all of baseball, uh, the rotation strength metric, they have an eight. Where does that rank overall today? That is number one, tied with the Cleveland Indians. Indians have Kluber, Carrasco, Bowers, Salazar, and, and Tomlin. That is exactly the same. Three ones, a two, and a three. They are the they have the single wow. best rotation in all of baseball. As we speak. Okay, and, and that could change this week when Arietta signs with the Nationals. This is right now. I know. This is right now. And then John and the yep. guys uh, back at uh, BaseballInfoSolutions.com said, Fred, Ixnay, no, we don't want to do this all again every time well, a pitcher gonna, signs. They're going to have to because I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at Bill James online right now, and Arietta's not listed because he's not with the team right now, right, correct? Right. right. He, he, would be number, he would be number nine in baseball, would make him a one. If he signs with the Nationals, okay. that gives them three Four ones and a two, yeah. so they would go ahead of everybody. That's pretty oh, good. This is a great number. It's all yours, John. I don't know if you're going to put it in the ash can or recycle it, but I think it's a, I think it's a great stat. And uh, you can have this uh, no charge, just a smile, and uh, visit with us from time to time. And when Bill James gets into the Baseball Hall of Fame, then you know what? Uh, we'll all be even happier. That's right. That's All right. right. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for the idea. And uh, we're going to get that out as a stat of the week also in the next week or two. So, uh, you got it. Hey, John, we got to blast off. Always a great. Uh, we'll check in with you periodically, as always. And thanks for the Olympic uh, taste of some Olympics right there also, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, John. All right. Take care, guys. All, All right. right. It's John DeWan. Hey, Jesse, in the next hour, Bears talk. We got some fresh angles, Bears-wise. How can you have fresh angles? We do. Now, that'll be in the 11 o'clock hour. Larry, May- Larry Mayer, excuse me, all that and more. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred vote right now at ESPN 1000. having a great Saturday. Mike Murphy, Fred Huebner trying to shove about 20 hours of sports talking with a three-hour show. Oh, 
We're going to reward you now for listening to us. Well, in a few minutes, Fred. Uh, or gotta... sometime before we're out of here at noon. There you go. And it could be any time. It could be any time. we got a four-pack of tickets for the Chicago Golf Show presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. Mm. Remember, you and I were at one yeah. of the PGA uh, Superstores a couple years ago. Yes. Unbelievable places. Uh, coming up this Friday or this February 23rd through the 25th, Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. That would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday coming up next week. In Rosemont for tickets and more right. information. Go to chicagogolfshow.com. But yep. we've got two four packs of tickets to give away during the course of the show. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give them away. How? How you want to do this? The next time you hear this sound bite. Now, is this what we worked out in the pre show Love Fest? I, similar, I All think, right. yeah. Right. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. At Augusta, he's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got all of that. The crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd. Going wild. For this young Cinderella. He's come out of nowhere. He's got about 350 yards left. He's going to hit about a five iron, I expect. Don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Good job there, EO11, pulling that one. So next time you hear that, the next time you hear that, be the ninth and 10th callers, and you'll win a four-pack of tickets. Do you know the phone number? Well, everybody does. 312-332-3776. It's the same number that Carmen and Yurko Uh and even Harry were talking about the day that Jake Cutler was acquired by the Bears, because I heard that soundbite earlier this week, and they were giving out that same number. 332 ESPN, and our good buddy Peter Longo will be there all three uh, days. The long shot, trick shot artist Peter Longo. Uh, Friday at uh, 1 o'clock, then Saturday and Sunday at noon. So, keep Artist is a perfect name because when you play golf and you hit a great shot, you yeah. just stand there and watch. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's art. Look Jesse, at that ball. Jesse Rogers coming up next. And uh, the results of our 930 Twitter poll. Blackhawks, who will pay the price? Uh, Coach Q, uh, GM Stan. Both of them or neither of them. EO11, do you have time to pull up the results for us there? Yep, uh, 17% both, ah. 19% Coach Quinville, hmm. 23% Stan Bowman, 41% says neither. Neither. So ah. Johnny Mac D is going to say, oh, let's do it one more year. I right don't know. Now he just fell off the treadmill. <laughs> I know Johnny Mac D. He's thinking this over now. He's oh, he's got an answer now. already. Oh, he uh, probably uh, does. Yep. He probably I don't know if he's going to have an itchy trigger finger here or not. We'll find out. They okay? did after they lost last year to Nashville, I'll tell I you know. that. Hey, Jesse Rogers next, talking baseball. Bears in the 11 o'clock hour. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Murph and Fred back in a flash. We are ESPN 1000. This is your home for Chicago sports. This is WMVP AM Chicago. ESPN 1000 and ESPN app. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. One minute away from Jesse. Willie Bully Jesse Rogers. Watch it, Jesse. All right, Murph and Fred. Little Bears talk. In the 11 o'clock hour, let's take a quick look uh, before we get out to Arizona at the uh, Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll for this half hour. Lead off man, 
Theo says, quote, and I heard him say this, Cubs leadoff man, Theo says, quote, Joe has a plan, unquote. Vote now, A, hey, that makes me feel good. B, hey, he had a plan last year. Or C, well, not to just pick a name out of the hat. Let's go now to AZ Arizona, busiest guy in town. And he sounds the same at 9 in the morning in Arizona, which it is now, as he does in the middle of the day and at night. It's yeah, unbelievable. Maybe 11 o'clock at night, he might sound a little different. Really? Maybe. Let's say hello to Jesse Rogers. Jesse! Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, hey you got a little hey, hey in you there. You knew the song was going to say hey, hey. Of course what? I did. I know I know your routine, Murph. What a guy. <laughs> Hasn't been home yet from last night, but he sounds pretty good. <laughs> All right, fans. What's up? Say hi to Jesse Rogers. All right, Jesse, uh, you probably heard our uh, Twitter poll. We'll uh, get the results in a few minutes. Well, his, see, his idea last year was, Joe Madden's idea last year was to dye his hair, so he followed through. That's our 11.30 Twitter oh, poll, okay, Fred, so we'll, get, we'll get to that, too. 11.30 Twitter poll, Jesse. Joe Madden's hair, A, <laughs> looks better with black hair. B, he looks better with white hair. He looks better when he shaves it all off like Jesse. Yeah, I'm not qualified to talk about hair, so I got to go with the, I got to go with option <laughs> T. I have no clue. All right, Jesse. It's so convenient now, Jess, though, right? All right, Jesse. Yeah, really. All seriousness aside, okay? <laughs> As they used to joke about. All right. Here's the thing. You know what screws this whole thing up? Jason what? Hayward. Let, let's just be blunt. It, yeah. it, it muddles up everything. Jason Hayward, not his fault he can't hit, but it screws up everything. Now, here's what I'm looking at. As far And we're not going to rehash the old lineup batting order leadoff, man, okay? Because I don't want Cap calling in and yelling at me and wanting Bryant again, okay? Now, that was Fred last Sunday. Now, Jesse, in a perfect world, let's say Hayward was actually producing along the lines that, you know, it looked like he would when they signed him. And this happens. This is not a Theo bash, you know. It can. It happens to every team. Every team, every team gets signs a free agent that right. doesn't uh, do what he's supposed to. Right, like uh, you know Edwin Jackson. Oh, that was him also. Right. That's right. I'm sorry. So <laughs> let's say that uh, let's say Jason Hayward was you know doing what the, you know his average was. All right, he could bet number one or number two, couldn't he? Yeah, I mean they tried that in Atlanta, but you're right. If he was, if his skill set was maxed out and he wasn't having issues here and there, yeah, he'd have that eye to do that. Mm-hmm. They, like I said, they tried it. They tried that in Atlanta, and it went. It backfired on him. He completely changed his game, and um, they never went back to it. And I don't think Joe will go back to it. And, and plus, he hasn't shown that real ability at the plate. Uh, you know, he hasn't shown that skill set as a Cub, really. So right. yeah. I don't, it's it's not a good candidate now, but you would think with you know when he came up in the league and sure. what he was doing early, he would have been a candidate. Sure. But I don't think he is now. Now, that means that he cannot bet number one or number two. We just sort of established if he continues to do his pace of the last two years. So, got to rule him out at the top, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. So then, why do you need him? Because you're paying him a lot of ah, money. And, right. and you can't get rid of him. <laughs> well, no, no, Jesse's exactly right. Yeah. Then, then let me uh, rephrase it. Why do you start him? 
Well, that's even a better question, obviously, because you can't move him, but you can sit him on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is, in his third year here, mm-hmm. with the development of Hap, with the emergence of Elmora, we'll see what Schwarber is. I said this the other day, I really do think all bets are off with mm-hmm. Hayward. Now, he, he was, Joe was asked this yesterday, uh, basically the same question. Where are you? What's your, what's, where are you with, with Hayward? And his, his answer is, okay, he's going to get that chance. So we know opening day or opening weekend oh, yeah. or opening week, no he's going right. to be there. But the, the leash will be shorter. I think we can agree mm-hmm. with that. I think we can all agree with that the leash will be shorter, especially if Hap, Elmore, and Schwarber advance. Right. Now, Theo did say in uh, October or when the season ended uh, shortly la- after last year that uh, I don't uh, know if he was in general or specifically uh, Hayward, but let's just say in general, he said people earn jobs on merit. So if that's true then the leash will be very, very short. Yeah. Now, we know that's not completely true, though. They earn jobs on merit and mm-hmm. what they're paid and, sure. and other things as well, uh, how they play defense. Um, so, yes, I th- but I do think the leash will be short. Let's, right. let's start with this. Let's start with this. He's not probably won't play against many lefties. All right? mm-hmm. so automatically, that's 30 to 40 games he doesn't start. Right. If, again, mm-hmm. half and other guys are doing well. Yeah. Then, then, then when he's in a rut against righties, there'll be those – Oh, let's give him a day off in the okay. middle of a, of a tough sure. ride. So, you know, already you could pencil mm-hmm. in 40 to right. maybe even 50 games he doesn't start. All right, next. Let's stay on this. Who, who is capable of playing at least a, uh, you know, average right field for the Cubs, uh, the way they're structured today, you know, they're 25-man or whatever you want to say. Who? So the options is what we're looking for. And you danced around it a moment ago, but let's take a look. Uh, Al Mora. He can play right. I'm not saying yes or no, he should. I'm just saying let's look at our list. Yes. Who, who can play right? Elmora. Yes. Uh, hmm. Zobrist. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, is pro- Brian is probably your second best okay. player on the team. Oh, you're looking at the yellow pad. See, he learned this <laughs> when he was my young pup producer. That's right. He glanced over the glass. All right. So Elmora can play right, but then who plays center? If Elmora isn't right, you only got Hayward no. left. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't move him over, right? No, exactly. Uh, some people are yelling uh, in their radios. Uh, Hap, someday maybe, but Hap can't play center to the extent you want him to, at least at this early part of his career. But maybe. But so right field, you got Elmora, you got Hap, and you got Zobrist. That could all at least you could put him out there, right, with the glove. Yeah, of course. Of course. And there's one more guy. Well, Chris Bryant and Kyle yeah. Schwarber can both right. play right. Well, Schwarber can't, in my opinion. There's too much ground to cover. Yeah. I know he's got the arm. Let's not go there. But Bryant, now I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if you looked at all angles, and Hayward is killing you at the bat, and you look, and then you put Zoe out and right, and that's not working out too well, you know, covering ground, range factor, if you will, uh, Hap. He's got more speed, and he could, you know, and not Elmora, because then you got happen sent. So really, you don't have a lot of options in right field. But Bryant, did, what could he do defensively for you? Do you think? I don't know. Well, he he, he would be the second best right fielder on the team after Hayward. Um, he would hold his own. As simple as that. He's an athlete. He would hold his okay. own. Okay. Now, what do you do? Okay, fine. What do you do at third? Not, sorry to interrupt. You got a million things. Sorry. Who do you put at third, then? Well, uh, the only answer is Baez. Correct. That's the only answer. So now who plays as that second? 
You go back to Zobrist and, and or Hap and huh. or Listella when he All starts. Right. Yeah. All right. So what you're looking at is you're, in, you're substituting Hayward's bat, correct, with either Zobrist or Hap or Listella. Then you've also downgraded defensively and right, but you've upgraded at third, but second you've downgraded. There's a lot to look at. Are you just stuck with maybe Hayward in right? Yeah, well, if, it, if Hayward wasn't on this team at all, just take him out of the mix. Mm-hmm. I do. I still do not think Bryant would be your everyday right fielder. I, I okay. think what you said about weakening positions, if you're going to weak, weaken something, you want to weaken right field, not second and third. Correct. And uh, I, I say weaken third. I know bias, no. bias, but it's not, you know, he's not a natural third baseman. Um, well, so I, I don't, think you that, know, that, that's a good topic, but go on. Yeah, I think if Hayward wasn't on this team as, mm-hmm. as constructed, I think you would see Zobrist and Happ in right field more mm-hmm. than Chris Bryant. Now, I think that Chris Bryant will play out there some, but but if Happ or Zobrist has a hot bat, those are the guys that will be in right field for Hayward, and you keep this sort of all-premium defense uh, in the infield alone. Okay. You can be a little bit weaker on the corners, a little bit. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to go from Hayward to a to a little leaguer out there. But I think Zobrist is okay out there especially if he's healthy. Last thing, then Fred's got yellow pad for you. Staying on Hayward. No one has said this, but I saw I saw it last year. He slowed down foot speed. I'm not saying dramatically. And he's a terrific base runner uh, innately, intuitively, where he can still go first to third with a guy that, better than a guy that's faster. But he slowed down, in my eyes, a little bit down the line, first to third. Again, he's a great base runner, but he's losing flat-out speed. And I noticed it, this is me, in right field also, on a range factor, not misjudging. He still does that great, but just flat out, which is not unusual for a guy that's sort of heavy in the, in the uh, thighs and that, you know, at that age. But are you on that at all, or am I way off? No, I don't know if you're way up. I, I didn't notice it like that, but you know we have we, we can look at the numbers now, and that's something I'll do. We mm-hmm. can they have they have the speed to first base, right. the speed in right field. You know they can sure. do this. Yeah. So, okay, but, cool. But, but your overall point, and I think we talked about this last year, is a good one. Mm-hmm. As he ages, yeah. the one thing he has going for him is that all-star right field. You know that's probably gonna sure. come down a little bit, speed wise, mm-hmm. maybe range. And that's why the bat needs to pick up a little bit. It's just yeah. it's just a lot of money to be to dumped into a situation where okay. it's great in all areas except for maybe you know something that's really important baseball that's hitting a baseball. Thank, right? thank so, goodness, you know, we, thank goodness they don't have Eli Jimenez to put out there. Fred, what do you got well, on your yellow pad? <laughs> well, I, it kind of leads a little bit into uh, Jimenez. Uh-huh. But I, Jesse, you know these these players really well. You've been with them for a couple of years. This week. Uh, MLB Network did their top 100 players now in baseball, and uh, the other day they released one through 20, and there was one Cub there, and they had it was of course Chris Bryant at number eight. Do the players talk about or ever see or you know take pride in these kind of things? As they had five other Cubs in that top 100, two guys that were not there were Lester and Quintana, which is a little surprising to a lot of people, myself included. That they're not one of you know two of the top 100 players in in baseball according to baseball's own network, the MLB network. But do you know if yeah, any right. of the guys talk about this or look at these kind of things or if anybody's asked Bryant about something like this? No, it really hasn't come up. Now I think you know there's TVs in every clubhouse, so it, it's just a matter of timing. If they happen to be on and someone's looking up, they they might bust you know bust their chops yeah. on the other end of the locker room. Hey, you're number 40. You know. 
things like that have come up over time, but but no one's really asked about. It. I mean, you know, you know, list. Everybody's got a list, right? right. Even if it is MLB's list. Um, no, I don't think anybody feels slighted that, well, that I know of. Um, okay. But like I said, in the in the spur of the moment, if it's on TV, it could come up just just randomly, that kind of thing. One of the reasons I brought it up is because it, people were tweeting about it the other day when it came out because Kyle Schwarber was listed ninety fifth. Uh, out of the top 100. And again, that makes it even more strange that Lester and or Darvish, or Lester and or um, Quintana were not Quintana. on the list. Darvish was 67th, Hendrick 66th, uh, Contreras 58th, uh, and Rizzo number 23. You're telling me Kyle Schwarber was 95th and Lester was not in the top 100? Yeah, yeah. That's quite the list. Was that, I mean, ES, was that ESPN? No, no, it was MLB Network. Well, then just swat it up and no, throw no, it out. No, 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 no. MLB Network and, and one of the guys from MLB Network doing the Sunday night games on ESPN. Was it, John, De- was it John DeWan? No? no. Then throw it out. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Wow. Well, I don't know that ESPN... Yeah, three-time World Series champion. I mean, my God. I yeah. mean, give, give the guy a little credit. Uh, I know he's on the he's entering the backside, you know, back nine of his career, but still, Schwarber's... Well, Schwarber's been here for a cup of coffee, basically. Well, let's bring, let's, let's bring Jesse Rogers up to speed. Jesse, I want to email something to you that John DeWan worked on for us and we had on last hour. I don't have your email, young man. Could you text me your email when you have a moment in your busy month, please, so I can... Of course I can do that for you, Mark. Okay, you I, don't my, know what you're you in for, Jess. My... Jess, you don't know what you're in for. <laughs> I can, yeah, old, old pictures of the Three Stooges. I'll send you all kind of stuff now. now I, we worked up a new thing, the rotation strength metric. And this will bounce right back to John Lester. I said to John and the guys at BaseballInfoSolutions.com, let's say this. What's an ace? What's a two? What's a three? What is a four? What's a five? I said, let's make this with numbers, not just subjective and some guy guessing, and this is what I think. Here's what we did. If you were one of the top 30 pitchers in baseball, you were a one. In other words, there's five starters times 30 teams, 150. 30, 30, 30, 30, and 30. So the first 30 are ones. 31 through 60 are automatically twos. Uh, in the 90s, 110 up to 150. Here's what he came up with. And Bill James. Kyle Hendricks ranks 12th in pitchers in the big leagues by Bill James. So he's a one. Okay, he's in the top 30. Uh, John Lester. 15th. He's in the top. He's a one. Jose Quintana is between those two. He's a 13. 13 best pitcher in baseball, starting pitcher from Bill James. So you got Kyle Hendricks, 12th. Quintana overall, 13th. Lester overall, 15th. That's a one, a one, and a one. You Darvish, 36th overall, believe it or not. So he's a two. And here is a surprise. Tyler Chatwood, he ranks 72, so he's a 3. So the Cubs had a 1, a 1, a 1, a 2, and a 3. That's 8. Best in baseball. So why do you think why do you think Joe Madden and Jim Hickey are licking their chops you, with, yeah. you know with this team? I mean, we might again be sitting on a monster team here. Mm-hmm. If, if Brian Russell, you know, if if the hitters advance like they should, right. it doesn't have to be all 8 of them or 10 of them. If they advance a little bit, this could be a monster team. I don't care what the bullpen looks like, because if you have a starting staff and a monster lineup, you're going to be okay. We're going to slide a few quick phone calls in and then let Jesse get uh, busy uh, doing what he does. Well, what does he do again, Fred? I don't know, but he's got to Sit there and good... watch people play catch. Let's go to... 
<laughs> Henry from Daytona Beach. Henry, we weren't going to talk leadoff hitter, but I love Henry's calls from Daytona Beach. Give me a quickie for Jesse. Go, Henry. Okay, if the Cubs are a top two and runs again, are, Murph, are you still going to be blowing a gasket about who the leadoff man is? And Jesse, I, had, I didn't really see any other writers with the Machado-Russell trade. Was that a narrative that was for real in baseball, or did you just kind of want that? Uh, no, I suggested it, but they talked. Uh, Russell was dangled. Even Russell spoke this morning in the locker room about hearing trade rumors and wasn't just reading my article. There were, there were legit trade issues, trade rumors, whatever you want to call it, trade conversations with Russell. Um, I think Machado was one. I think all over the place. I really do think the Cubs dangled him a little bit. Um, whether they were serious about trading him or not, they dangled him. So that, that part was right. <clears throat> They're not going to have the same leadoff man. So there's no reason to, to, to try to figure out who the guy is going to be. It's not going to be one guy unless two months in someone emerges. So get ready for different leadoff men. There's no point in doing a poll who should be the leadoff man. It's not going to be one person. Thanks, Henry. Appreciate your call. Will I blow a gasket if they're second in the league and run a scored? Uh, no, as long as they win the World Series. Jesse got a soundbite. This is from you earlier this week. Let's eavesdrop on Jesse. They were really going after Chris Archer. They were really going after Archer. And um, I'm glad they didn't get it done. And I never thought they would because Schwarber and Hap wasn't, uh, you know, or Schwarber or Hap wasn't enough. And Addison Russell and Schwarber or Hap was too much. You know what I mean? It was either not enough or too much. And that's, that's kind of how I thought the offseason would play out. The other thing I learned, and, you know, I think it's been out there a little bit, they really did dangle Russell. They dangled Russell, and it just, it, there wasn't a fit. It was either they thought they were giving up too much for a pitcher or another team thought they wanted more and it was too much. All right, stop the tape. Good stuff as always, Jesse. Uh, the, and uh, what we all do know is that never in a million years was Tampa Bay going to trade Chris Archer even up for Russell. And uh, what we also all know is the Cubs had nothing else to offer because they had nothing to replace from the farm system and nothing from the farm system. So it was really just a, a circular uh, discussion with the Cubs. I'm not doubting that you're correct. I'm sure that was offered, but it was a joke. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The wish list, see, at the beginning of the offseason, Murph, the Cubs had no idea. And this is the Cubs, man. Mm-hmm. Theo was on top of everything. They had no idea how bad the market was going to turn out for free agents and how that would benefit them. I'm telling you, they were shocked that Hugh Darvish was in their in their uh, price range by the time the winter meetings came right, around. Right, right, right. Excuse think- me. They had no shot to trade for a starting pitcher because they didn't have anything to offer that they I could agree. replace on their own. I, I, I right. agree, absolutely. That's why I thought right. the match would never okay. work, be either too much or, or not enough, like I said. But I'm, I'm, but you still make the conversations, you still make the calls. Yeah. Well, fine. And they did that for, for Archer. Uh, but no, they did it for a window. They did it for window dressing so they could tell people like you that they made an offer for Archer. That's just me. Why, why would they do that? Because they had, they, get, they had no chance to get They knew they couldn't get him even up for Russell. And they have nothing else. Well, I don't know. That was the only conversation they had. But they Russell had nothing else to Archer. put in. The, they had nothing else to put in the trade if they weren't going to sign free agent position player to fill a hap or to fill a Schwarber, and they weren't going to do that. I have, Murph, we have no idea what the conversations were about. Maybe Tampa would have taken four double A guys because they don't want to pay. You don't have, but I don't they know. Cubs don't have right, Jesse. But they don't have four double A guys that well, anybody wants. All right. know, Murph, all I know is. They didn't expect to get Darvish, but they kept up on on, on that end, and they got him. Yes. So who knows what 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 would have happened? Maybe they keep up on okay. 
Archer and they get him. I mean, it was, the market is is uh, is different every year, mm-hmm. and you don't know what Tampa wants. We don't know what Tampa exactly wanted. All I'm saying is they went after Archer. I don't know sure. if it's true oh, or not. I'm sure they did, and your sources silly. were right. It's You're not silly to make. It seems pretty silly to me making calls for no reason. It just, that seems silly to me. Hmm. Let's go to uh, LJ and Richton Park. LJ. Hey, hey how, how you guys doing? Good, Listen, good. I, I was calling about Ian Happ, and I think uh, I, I think he's been a little bit underestimated because I think that he's played, Jesse said that he probably wasn't a, a, a good defensive center fielder, but I think he played a decent center field uh, last year. And his numbers are offensively, uh, he's a, I, I think he'd be the best leadoff hitter uh, option. And also, uh, as far as uh, Jason Haywood, I mean, I'm done with that experiment. I mean, you can't have a right fielder uh, hitting 11 home runs every year. And uh, I, I think that's going to be an issue. I don't know what the Cubs going to do about that. So Good call. That's okay. all I've got. We, we got it, LJ. Call again. Thanks, buddy. And uh, I believe I said he wasn't that good defensively. Don't want to put words in Jesse's mouth. He could turn out to be a terrific defensive center fielder, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, I think he did okay playing there first year. Just okay. Not, never, not awful. never had been there, really. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the fastest guy on the team, so that's going to help in center. And I do think he could be a candidate to lead mm-hmm. off. I mean, again, fastest guy that's a switch hitter, automatically you are a candidate. Probably need to you know, a little keener eye at the plate. He knows that. Second year, let's see if he can do it. But I think he's a candidate. Okay. And uh, we won't have time for the lightning round. Just thank goodness. But <laughs> I got one follow-up for you here. Jesse, I'm looking at the Cubs' bullpen. I think it's very underestimated, underrated, or whatever you want to say. They have, this is me, Fred, they have five guys that could be a ninth-inning closer uh-huh. on other teams. You know, teams that are not elite or teams in the lower half. I understand it. All five of these guys could be closers, Jesse. Morrow, who's pencil in as the ninth-inning guy. Ciszek, who's pencil in as the Cubs' eighth-inning guy. Wilson, who's got electric uh, uh, stuff, uh, or, or as uh, Don Cooper says to some guys, his, his slider explodes like a firecracker. Uh, uh, Stropey, Stropey would be a ninth inning guy with some teams. And uh, Carl Stringbean, C.J. Edwards, is a bona fide uh, hopeful closer for a lot of teams. That's five guys. That means your eighth and seventh innings, that's what I'm leading up to, your eighth and seventh and eighth innings should be really fun to watch for a Cub fan. Well, I'm going to use the football analogy. If you have five closers, you may not have one. Well, there you go. I hear you starting there. Quarterback. And so I'm a little less sure of it than you are. What I am sure of is they will have the resources in one way or another to go get one midseason. You've heard me say it once. You've heard me say it a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, every non-contending team will trade their closer at the deadline because there's no reason to have a closer if you're 40 games out of first place. So. That's the one area at the deadline that becomes available. You know, there's there's a well, lot of inventory. I'm not as sure of you as you are. Mm-hmm. I like all those arms, but they've all failed in some respect somewhere else. A little bit. Yeah. Not last year, Morrow was great. Ciszek was great. Mm-hmm. But previous, they had their issues. You're right. You're right. Are, they all, uh-huh. are, they, are they all going to have great years? Probably not. So they, Madden's got to work out who his, who his trusted guys are. I'm not as confident as you are, but... Definitely good arms. Just let's see how it plays out. Yeah, and Jess, I know you've probably, you know the stat, or I might even have talked to you about this last week, but the last seven World Series winners have all closed the season with a different closer than they opened the season with. 
Well, it's I amazing. I, I saw that. I don't want to start because I love Jesse. I guess next time you can tell me who they're going to trade because he's going to who are they going to trade? They already traded for Chappie. They already traded for Wade Davis. They already traded for uh, Wilson. Uh, you know, they got nobody left. But we'll argue about that next week. Let's get the results <laughs> of our poll. Uh, EO 11, uh, the fans were asked. I uh, ask leadoff man. Theo says Joe has a plan. A, that makes me feel good. B, he had a plan last year. C, just pick the names out of the hat. All right, with the lowest, with 24%, say that that makes them feel good. Ooh. 35% <laughs> say just pick names out of a hat. All and right. 41% said he had a plan last year. Oh, not really smiling votes there. Uh, of course, some Sox fans might have snuck in there and tried to tilt the vote, but whatever. Didn't turn out in Joe's. Jesse, I'm sorry, 30 more seconds. You want to play a quick game with uh, EO11, uh, Murph and Fred? Of course. All right, Go ahead. we're going to play a sound bite. Of the one and only, that's you, from earlier this week, we're going to play a game. We're all going to count to ourselves, including you, how many times, I I got it here, Rio. all you do is count how many times you hear the word hangover. Let's count now to ourselves, go. Only answer I can give you is the hangover. Like, why didn't they hit as well? The hangover. Why didn't they pitch as well? The hangover. Why didn't they play as well deep on defense? The hangover. And part of that hangover is maybe a little bit of a lack of focus. So... The only answer I could give you is the hangover, and that's why, whether it's offensively or defensively, I think we're ready for a monster season out of this team, right? The hangover's over. We talked about this the other day. There's a little chip on their shoulder again. And I just think that if anything can get back to those 16 levels, first and foremost, it's defense. So it's a good question. And I think the answer is the hangover. All right, on the count of, <laughs> hold on, on the count of three, all four of us, yell out the number that you came up with on the count of three. One, two. Three, eight. eight. I can't believe <laughs> Jesse, I know you don't have that today because you're sharp as a tack. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. All right, guys. That was good. Jesse. Jesse, Jesse Rogers, the one, the only. Who may have a hangover. He nah, actually may. No, Big what, party last night. Oh, I heard about that a little uh-huh. bit. Hey, back in a flash, we got a lot to cover and uh, some bears at 11. Let's step aside right now. And yeah, we'll talk more about the hangover later on All because right. I got some numbers that shows that there really is a hangover after you win the World Series. And I uh, got some White Sox numbers. Bears talk later. Uh, Murph and Fred, back in a flash. And we are, of course, good all ESPN 1000. Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Halfway home, Murphy and Fred. Saturdays 9 till noon. We got about 100 pounds today to shove into the uh, three-pound bag. 100 hours worth of sports talk in a three-hour show. And we got a lot left, Fred, and we're half done. We got to get rolling here. Uh, Keep listening. If uh, you heard earlier, you know the uh, signal to call in for our... Four-pack of tickets. You get a couple of four-pack of tickets yeah. to the Chicago Golf Show. I guess that was wrong of me to tease it since we can't pay it off, right? right. Okay. Now. Call up a friend that was listening. And they'll know. Everybody was listening. Okay. I'm not worried about that. Three three two three seven seven six. Any of our earlier topics, we will now seed the clouds you with know, new ideas. You guys were talking, when, when Jesse was on, you were talking Cubs and right field and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. 
you're only going to have four other guys because you're going to go with 13 pitchers. They just signed another guy the other day, brought another pitcher in here to a minor league they contract. A, they got a roster, roster jam is what you're leading up to, right? They've got, I've yep. got 14 pitchers here. Well, they including, only have Right, 13. they only have space for 13. But they just signed this other guy, the Shea Simmons. They brought him in for a reason. Because they're trying to have as many guys in case something goes wrong with the bullpen. Triple A starting pitching inventory, which they don't have much. Yeah, and so all you have is Zobrist, Hap, Lestella, and Jimenez or Caratini. That's all you got off the bench. Here's what it is. That's all you have. Did you say Borges? Because he's not on the 40, man. No. See, Borges, they signed for a reason. Where's he going to play? Lestella has no uh, no moves left. Right. Zobrist is a, you know, we're going to send Hap back down? Basically... There's two guys fighting for the 25th slot. As you said, it's Listella and uh, Peter Borges, who is a fifth outfielder. But you see, he's a go-get-him, speed outfielder, great technique, yeah. center field, left field, right field, uh, weak-hitting right-handed hitter. Right. But let's say the uh, team, the Cubs, would be leading three to Nothing in the eighth inning. Schwarber is just batted. He's not due to come around again. You want to put defense out in left field. See, that would be Borges. Yeah, let me ask you a question. But How many times does it happen when you pull a guy like Schwarber and then the game gets tied and then Borges has to hit? I understand. I know. But you're exactly right. It happens quite often. But the only other guy fighting for that spot is Listella. Yeah. Now, Listella is a personal favorite of Joe Madden. And Jesse's. (laughs) And and Listella... (laughs) He swings a you know magic wand, yeah. you know, not Tony Gwynn or Billy Williams. Now, now, don't get me wrong, no. but he's got a nice little magic wand at the plate, and he walk, makes contact. I mean, he's a good guy to have around, but he's a brick in the field. That's a baseball phrase for uh, t- he's got hands like bricks. You know, he's not say he can play third and second only. So there's an old expression in baseball: you cannot be a utility infielder if you only play second. Okay, there's no need for you. Right. And well, he can, especially on he can this play team, a little third, but yeah. especially on this team, when both Zobrist and Hap can play second base, right? So why are you going to keep three of your four guys that can play second base? I mean, that doesn't make sense. That's why it makes a little bit more sense for Borges well, out there. Zobrist can play both corners. Hap can play all three outfield. So why do you need Listella? Well, because again, Joe likes him. That's that's it makes no well, it makes no sense. Yes and no, Fred. You you do need you know you win sixty, you lose sixty, and then the other forty two right. or whatever. But it's for those other it's for the eighth inning tie game, and the pitchers do up, and there's a righty on the mound, and Listella can come up there, and I hate this phrase, give you a good professional at bat. So there is a place for Listella, but not every not often. Yeah. But when you need him, you need him. But Borges. Is he even more important? You can put him in left field for Schwarbs. You can put him out in right field against a lefty and, and give Hayward the damn because, you know, there's no winners in right field either. Hap's no gold glove. Uh, Zoe is no gold glove. Yeah, so it's a nice problem. Your 25th guy is up between two guys. Yeah, but see, the thing is, when you've got both Hap and Zobris, who are both switch hitters. That's nice. So why do you need another guy that's just a lefty? I don't understand it. It seems like you're keeping him to the detriment of having somebody else that can be a better player and maybe play more and fill in more spots. I'd rather have Borges. Yeah. I don't know. And it's not that I have nothing against Tommy Lestella. Joe likes Tommy. 
Uh, yeah, him, him not going to the minor leagues, uh, that's that's over with him. Oh, he's out of options. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, him not going two years ago and okay, going home right. instead. I finally forgot about it. It's like, go ahead. I don't care. But there's no reason to keep three left-handed hitters. And you've got two that are both switch hitters. So the, other, the other problem is they've got no outfielders at AAA that you would bring up if someone got dinged up for a two-week disabled list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That. Well... It is important if, you know, let's say, you know, Elmora. Elmora gets dinged up. He's on the 10-day DL. Mark Zagunas. Well, I'm being serious. Oh, so no, nice. He's a nice guy. I yeah. Know. I know. He's a local kid, right? He's probably listening. I think so. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. He better not be listening. He better be in camp. <laughs> <laughs> or he could be listening, you know, sure online. Well, maybe he's over can. at Jesse's pool right uh-huh. now. Hey, Joe, I'll be coming a little bit late. How come, Zinkus? What's his name again? Zagunis. Zagunis. Mark Zagunis. Hanging out the pool with Jesse. Yeah. All right, let's bring in EO11 with a 1030 Twitter poll. What do we have this half hour, Eric? All right, Bulls' final 25 games. Mm-hmm. Man- management should mm-hmm. try to tank all 25 games. Hold on, let's start over. I got to get geared up for basketball and tanking. Start over again. My fault, please. Okay, the Bulls have 25 games left. Now you got multiple choice, right? Yes, management should try to tank all 25 games uh-huh. or try to win the home games. Wait a minute. What idiot wrote that? <laughs> oh, me, last night, midnight. So let me roll this bias again, Eric. Are you saying the question is, during the uh, Bulls' final 25 games, A or B, A, management, and that would be everybody from uh, Pax to uh, Freddie Hoiberg, everybody in management, not the players. Uh-huh. So the final 25 games, the Bulls, A, hey, tank them all, man, that's the point. Or B, you know what, try to at least win the home games, all right? Now, that sounds a little goofy uh, on the surface, which was not my uh, main idea to sound goofy. But it's talking about the people that pay for tickets. And you go to one game, you got tickets for a Bulls game. You got them way back in the, uh, you know, off season. We're going to a game in uh, March. We can't wait. The kids can't wait. Right. And you get out there and no one's playing in the second half because they're trying to tank. Now, I understand everything about the tanking. And again, you want to learn one thing about tanking that no one else, you impress your friends. It's got nothing to do with tanking. It's got everything to do with the structure of the draft. All right? The draft encourages losing for the draft pick. So now I'm not going to beat that dead pony because everyone's tired of hearing it. I am a little proud that I've been on this pony, dead pony for five or ten years. But the tanking is simply the result of the way that the league has set up the draft, MLB and NBA, are the two most where it applies. Kansas City, Houston, and the Cubs—they just worked it to the to the rules to their benefit. Oh yeah, and that's what that's what other teams are doing by tanking right now. It's right. in the rules, and it's been, there's nothing that says you exactly. can't do it. Right. They're doing it, I'll and think, a lot of people now yeah. say a lot of people now say uh-huh. that basically they're trying to—they're not losing; they're trying to win. Knowing they can't win right now. Exactly. They can't beat the competition now. The only way for them to do it is to rebuild, and the only way to rebuild is by tanking. Now, how would it look if the NBA at the end of the year, what are there, 30 teams, if they had 30 ping pong balls, each team from the first 
world to the champion NBA champs to last place worst record, the Bulls, each got one ping pong ball. Pops out at random. Yeah. You could finish and win the championship and pick number one. You could finish 30th and pick 30th. We had a caller last night who suggested that the, the four teams that make the final four don't get ping pong balls. Ever. No, I mean they are the last four to pick. Oh, they do get everybody the, else. They get the last four, right? Right. Everybody like else gets at, you know the other twenty sixteen right. get ping pong ball. Or the other is anyone in the playoffs doesn't get a ping pong ball, and the uh, what are they sixteen uh, that don't make the playoffs or whatever the number fourteen. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Thank you. Yeah. So, so the fourteen uh, are the only ones that get the big amount of ping pong balls. So or the team that finishes one spot out of the playoffs. Which would be what? The 5th, 16th, 17th, 18th best, whatever. 17 and 18. The, thank you. The team yeah. that misses by one game of the playoffs, they get the most ping pong balls. So you're rewarded for trying to work your way up in the right. standings, yeah. not work your way down. But again. But again, they're not. Adam Silver's not listening to us. He's not asking us. They're doing something next year. Yeah, we're the Did top it? three. The top three each get 14%. Well, let me ask you this. Oh, I know we're up against the clock. Let me give you my thoughts on that. I don't know if that... Is it Adam Silver or Nate Silver? What's his name? Adam Silver. We used to have Nate Silver on when he was a young pup. He'd call from his third floor flat over on Waveland talking Uh baseball. Now he's like internationally famous. Yes, he is. But uh, we'll talk about that NBA idea or rule for next year. I don't think it's going to do what they thought it was going to do. Back in a flash and vote right now at uh, ESPN 1000. Vote right now for in the Bulls' final 25 games. EA, tank them all. Management or management should say, well, you know what? Let's just tank, try to tank the road games. Let's try to entertain the fans paying 200 bucks for a ticket up in the third level earlier in the season before the season began. Now they're down to about a buck and a half of 25 cents. Murph and Fred shall return at CSPN 1000. Saturday. Hope you're having a great day. Sun's popping out. What is that up there? We had a little yesterday out in Roland Park, so you know what's great? Did you see the next seven, ten days, Fred? It's going to be warm and it's going to rain a lot. Yeah, mostly 40s and, and some 50s uh, averaging out over the next ten days. Oh, rem- always remember this from Tom Skilling. The three coldest weeks stretch in Chicago. The last two weeks of January... And the first week of February. Or it's either that or the last week of January and the first two weeks of February. I can never remember. But the three-week stretch right in there, which is behind us. Yeah. Uh, so the temperature, on average, getting a little bit warmer now. At least it should be. Well, yeah. Yeah. Over the course you of know, time. For the longest time, uh-huh. I kept hearing, and we, we had fun with Jesse, how many times he said hangover in uh, that one segment earlier. And if you missed it, you can listen to it on the podcast later on. Ah. Just go to ESPN. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find it. But uh, there were numbers. And, again, you'll know I, I watch the MLB Network a lot because they have a show every morning called Hot Stove right. with the latest on all the baseball news. They posted the first half records of the defending World Series champions each of the last five years. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Cubs finished 43 and 45 in the first half. Kansas City, 45 and 43. Mm. San Francisco in 2015, uh, 46 and 43. Boston. After they won, 43 and 52, and San Francisco, 43 and 51. 
So for those people who may have said, ah, hangover, come on, you just didn't. No, it, it actually is a thing. They were all, all hung over. Yeah, yeah, they were all hung over from the World Series. The, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, all the, all the appearances they made. The only answer I can give you is the hangover. Like, okay. all the excitement they were having. Uh-huh. Every single one of the last mm-hmm. five World Series champs struggled in the first half of the season. It'll be I'll, okay. I'll be really interested to see what Houston yeah. does All right, coming into the second, the first half of this season. And then uh, I always like to remind Jesse uh, that, well, last April and May, don't forget the fifth starter Theo presented uh, Brett Anderson, and then they replaced him with another donkey of who Eddie I Butler. Eddie Butler. Yeah. And don't forget that's when uh, uh, Joe had Schwab's leading off. For the first eight weeks. So they had no leadoff hitter for the first eight weeks. And they had uh, no number five uh, pitcher, which then blew up the bullpen. And then they were able to regroup with the trade of Eloy. Yep. Oh, did you hear what Jim Tomey said uh, the other day uh, about e- Eloy? He's very impressed. He said he, more than that. This was, I saw this on uh, MLB TV. So uh-huh. it wasn't even in the uh, print, the pieces we saw this week. He said he reminds me of a couple guys. Eloy Jimenez. Okay. He reminds me of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> That's okay. That's great. Next thing you know, he'll be a Yankee. Quentin's got the uh, 14th <laughs> rank, uh, 13th rank, starting pitches by Bill James. So that hopefully will be a nice fair trade for both sides. Of the 14% thing, we're going to have to hold that back to the next hour where the NBA Silver thinks he's got this great idea. Next year beginning uh, where the uh, bottom three teams all have 14% chance on the ping pong balls to get the first pick. Yeah, but yeah, let's yeah. Bring in, Everybody's fed up with it. Let, let's bring in... Uh, Damn draft. Eric Ostrowski. Yeah, what were the results for my favorite, uh, but everyone else's least favorite, Twitter poll of the day? Uh, Bears, uh, bullies rather, the Bulls' final 25 games coming up. A, Paxson and uh, Hoiberg, they should try to tank all 25 at the management level. Or B, I don't know, only tank, try to tank the road games, try to win at home. For the Bulls fans that have paid all the money to see it, I got buried, I got shellac, 95 to 5, I'm guessing, EO. 87%. Right. There you go. So they should try to tank all of them. Yeah, those uh, are all people that don't have tickets to any of the remaining home games, but okay. That's not going to be easy to tank. I mean, especially if the games are close. They were lucky the oh. other day. Toronto blew it open to a 25-point lead. When you're down by 25, then you can oh. sit back and say, okay, we can lose. I, but I if you're in a close game, yeah. you can't tank. I figured out how to do it. Okay. Okay. The All-Star Basketball game. I know we're up against the clock. Okay, the NBA All-Star game is going to be what? This weekend? This it's is, going on right now, okay. yeah. This is where there's no defense, right? You know, the score will there be were like, none in the Rising Stars game last night, uh, 155 uh, to something. Well, yeah. the All-Star game is going to be like 190 to 188 yeah. because there's no defense. They all agree no defense. They all do the uh, ole, let's let everybody go right past me. Here's what Paxson should do. He secretly talks to all 12 of his 14, 15 of his players. He says, I'm going to give you all a $100,000 bonus. And I want you to play defense like you're in the All-Star game. <laughs> what? Yeah. Every play, ole! Let him go by you. Now what? Is Silver going to step in? What's Silver going to say? What's the commission going to say? Hey, you're tanking. Go, Damn right I am. We're tanking. No defense. What would happen if everybody and the Bulls got a $100,000 bonus to not defend anyone? What would the commission do then? Well, I'd... the fans would boo, but they don't care. Well, the fans just voted 90 to 10. Again, you, like you said, they're not the ones that have the tickets. 
Back in a flash, Bears talk next. Uh, Murph and Fred, it is ESPN 1000. Ole! Four and three and two and one, one. Hour number three, Murph and Fred. Mike Murphy, Fred Huebner. Fred's the White Sox fan from good old Morton East in Cicero. You know who played at Morton East last night? No, what? The Good. Ides of March. Ah, oh, they're the best. The Ides of March who are from Morton. Jimmy Peterson. Yeah, sure. Morton East and Morton West. And they were playing. They played there at a pep rally at Morton East last night. Vehicle, baby. I'm pretty sure I've got that right. I Take they you were anywhere you want to go. You can't use, you can't play that song no more. Why not? Think about it. One minute away from the Bears. Larry Mayer, Chicago Bears. I still play it. Dot com. Come and get me. There's a lot of Beatles songs you can't play anymore from the early days, too, if you... Give it a listen. All right, let's bring in our uh, Twitter poll question for this half hour. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. All right, multiple choice. Answers are uh, NBA, MLB, NHL, and NFL. This is a flipper This is a bizarro. This is a reverse. Instead of... Uh, Oh, that sport, that, that pace is too slow. Oh, it lasts forever. No. Here's the question. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Which sport is not too slow? NBA, MLB, the NHL, or the NFL? Which is not too slow? Vote now at ESPN 1000. And let's go to ChicagoBears.com. Oh, we always enjoy a few minutes, couple times a year with Larry, Mayor, Murph, and Fred. Hey, good morning, Larry. Thanks for joining us, man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, great. Always great to visit with Larry Mayor. Big Cup fan, you know, Fred. Yeah, I know. He's still a good guy. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Very nice, Fred. No, well, you know, it, it was an easy way to, you know, he teed me up. He laid it up, and I slammed dunked. Well, you know, you know, Larry, uh, Fred, uh, Fred is from Cicero. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in it unless I see it. <laughs> yeah, and I saw the damn parade, so I know you're your World Series champ a couple years ago. I'm, just, right. I'm just hoping one day it'll well, be the White Sox again. Well, as I say, you guys had one already, so. Yeah, and now we're even at one, thought. so we'll see. There you go. It'll be fun. It'll All be right. fun. All right, Larry. Every once in a while, I have a little segment here. I call it New Sports Lingo. You know, phrases or something I've never heard before in the world of sports. And it's always there's new expressions, new this, new that. Probably nothing more than in the world of football. You know, God forbid you try to, you know, explain the uh, uh, blue red dog uh, nose guard uh, flashing. You know, I don't know any of that, but I only know what I hear and what I read. So I jotted this down. Now, this is actually Patrick Finley, our buddy at the Sun-Times. He uh, entered this in a piece uh, back in January. And um, I go, wait a minute. Here's what Patrick Finley says. Uh, the uh, the Bears uh, met. Nagy will run the same scheme uh, that the Eagles used to uh, uh, used uh, once to, to pick apart the New England Patriots. All right, then he gives the name of he calls it. They're going to run the Bears. May be running the West Coast spread hybrid scheme. 
All right. Now, let me roll that by everybody again. Now, this is Patrick Finley, and I'm not trying to stump Larry Merrick. No, not at all. I'm just asking. Or Fred. Fred, you're a football guy, too. What in the world is the West Coast spread hybrid? Uh, that's what uh, Nagy uh, might be using uh, from the Eagles or other teams. Uh, they use that. They use to pick apart uh, the Patriots. Larry, Fred, who wants to go first on what the West Coast spread hybrid scheme is all I'll about? Let Larry go. <laughs> Well, I mean, to me, the fact that he uses the term hybrid means that he's going to take the little few elements from different schemes. The West Coast team, obviously, is known for its short passing game, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands on a quick basis on crossing routes underneath. Generally, you think about the San Francisco 49ers and Jerry Rice doing that a lot. Uh, the spread, obviously, is what, exactly what it says it is. You spread out the defense just much like the college game is now. Um, and the hybrid, I guess they're, they're going to be using some elements of the RPOs to run pass options. That would, I thought that's where you were going, Murph, with the yeah. new term, because that's what we've been hearing a lot about lately is the RPOs, which just means run pass option where the quarterback has the opportunity to hand the ball off or uh, you know run it himself or, or throw it, obviously, in the situation, depending on what the defense shows them. So I think that's what Pat's referring to. All right, well, let's uh, dovetail that to this. And Fred and I uh, had this a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this might have been our buddy Patrick also. The Bears finished first in the NFL last year in yards per carry running when there was a three-man wide receiver spread. I'll give that to everybody again. It's a little mouth, much of a mouthful. With a three-man, three-wide receiver spread, I think everyone can follow that. With a three-wide receiver spread, the Bears were number one in the NFL, in average run per carry. They didn't do it a whole lot. They weren't in the top one or two in doing it. But when the Bears ran the ball, Larry, uh, in a spread three-man wide, wide out formation, the Bears were number one in the league in running the ball. Does that uh, surprise you or is that something that makes sense? I think it makes it doesn't really surprise me. It makes sense. And I think it basically comes down to the old classic take what the defense gives you. And if the defense is playing pass, you're going to run the ball, and the opposite is true as well. Mm-hmm. The Bears have two very good running backs in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohn, so no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. You know, there there are numerous things that surprise you when you look at uh, at the Bears' offense from last year. But, I mean, the one thing that, I don't know, it might surprise some people, and I saw this posted the other day from another guy that's a, a good friend of the show's, Arthur Arkish, but, and then Larry, I know you know this, but it might come as a surprise to some Bears fans. Who had the most touchdown receptions last year for the Bears? Do you know that one? Stump Larry, is that what we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I'm not even sure if I know. Well, Um, actually, when you hear it, you'll, when you hear it, you'll say it makes sense. And it's Adam Shaheen or something. It is. It is Adam Shaheen with three. There you go. Yeah, he had three right. touchdown passes. It shows you, I mean, with the, with the, you know, so many different wide receivers that were in and out. And even Shaheen, who didn't, I think he only caught 12 balls, but three of those were, were touchdowns. I think his first catch was a, was a touchdown. So, but, you know, you look at it and when, when Murph mentions about the, the offense and my first question when I heard that Matt Nagy was coming here was, can the Bears turn, uh, Howard and Cohen and Shaheen into, Hunt and, you know, the same kind of guys, uh, Travis Kelsey, that Kansas City has. Because if that's the case, all Bears fans are going to be very happy with the offense that comes here. 
That's true, and obviously it's a big leap to say that Adam Shaheen's going to be Travis Kelsey, but <laughs> I do see some more similarities with Hunt if you're talking about Jordan Howard and also uh, you're talking about uh, Tariq Cohn. Both have shown that they have explosive game-breaking ability. I think Adam Shaheen's going to take a big step from year one to year two. I mean, this is a guy that dominated at times in training camp. He started his college career playing basketball, and so he's kind of behind the eight ball in terms of his progress and his learning capability. And hopefully the new coaching staff with Mark Helfrich as the offensive coordinator and Matt Nagy as the head coach are going to really help his development, especially going to his second year. So I'm not so sure he's going to be Travis Kelsey, but I do think he's going to be a, a good, productive tight end in the NFL. Well, and maybe also shifting to another guy, and the Bears bring in Chris Tabor as their special teams guy. He's a guy that's come back to the Bears now. You're obvious, you're probably familiar with him because you were probably there when he was here last time. Um, but yes. the one thing, and if I had a chance to talk to Chris Tabor, I would ask Chris one thing and ask him, what is his opinion on returning kickoffs that are caught in the end zone? Because I've been railing on this for two years. It makes no sense to ever return the ball when the league is nice enough to say, listen, if you just take a knee, we'll give you the ball at a quarter of the field down. We'll give you the ball at the 25. I, I don't know what the number is, but the number of returns in the NFL from balls that were caught in the end zone, it's got to be the average starts like the 20 or the 22. Just stay there. By the way, Larry. Stay in the end zone. Larry, let the record show the segment What's Up Fred's Can. Oh, my God. This is number one on yeah, the list. This is it. <laughs> and, and if you watch the Super Bowl, Larry, which I'm sure you did and everybody else did, I think once only, with all the scoring that was made, I think only once in the entire game did a ball get kicked off into the end zone and get returned. New England never does it. The good teams never do it because they realize it's silly because why take the chance of a holding penalty, a block in the back, getting tackled at the 18? It doesn't make any sense. Hopefully Chris Tabor right. understands that. Right. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because that is one thing that I did notice during the Super Bowl, that both teams were not taking the ball out, even if it was only one or two yards deep. Yep. And I think the thing that, the thing is, I don't have the numbers or the percentage either, but I agree with you that it seems like they never get to the 25. And when they do get to the 25 or beyond it, there always seems to be a penalty flag, and you're starting at your own 10-yard line. So I don't. I agree with you. I don't think it's worth the risk. I think there's certain situations, like in the last few minutes of the half or something like that, um, or when you need a, basically when you need to swing for the fences, when you need a home run play, that's a good opportunity to do it. Or if maybe there's 20 seconds left in the half and you're just going to take a D anyway, right. why not roll the dice and gamble in that situation? But generally speaking, I agree with you that that's not something that you should do. Now, if you have Tariq Cohn back there and you think you have a chance of having him go the distance, I, I feel better about him coming out of the end zone if it's, let, let's say, a line drive kick where the coverage team is not downfield yet, as opposed to one with a lot of hang time. I would rather return a line drive kick from four yards deep than one with good hang time, like one yard deep, because the return team, or the coverage team, I should say, is already down there inside the 20. Yeah. A few minutes of a hot stove. Can there be hot stove football? It's got to be called something else, probably. I don't know. Not air conditioning uh, football. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it's Larry Mayer for a few minutes over at uh, ChicagoBears.com. A little wrap-up here. Let's go back to the offense and, uh, you know, if you win, it doesn't matter if it's a you know, boring offense, for lack of a better word, or exciting or innovative or conservative if you're winning. But every fan, I think, would rather have the winning and the fun, exciting, you know, offense. It's just human nature. Here is a quote from Bears' new head coach, uh, Matt Nagy, on January 
on ninth, where uh, uh, Nagy uh, uh, said the Bears, this was an interview with NFL Network, and he said, quote, the Bears offense will be fun, unquote. And I go, that's great. You know what? Let's get something out there fun. How, what, what does that mean, though, Larry Mayer? Mayer, what does it mean to have fun on offense? I like how it sounds. What does it mean? Well, you know, I asked Travis Kelsey during Super Bowl week, what do you like about the offense? And he said, Matt likes to throw the ball. So I think that's one thing to look at, that they're going to like to throw the ball, maybe some trick plays. Cool. Um, if you look at how powerful Oregon was, and Mark Heltrich was the offensive coordinator there and also their head coach, that's also another element. And I was talking to Jordan Howard, and he's excited about the different things that they're going to do too. And I, I think they're going to find unique ways to use the talent, maybe better or more mm-hmm. so than the previous coaching staff did. And especially someone like Tariq Cohn, who is so explosive and dynamic and so unique in terms of what he can do on the field with the ball in his hands. So it should be fun. Hopefully it will lead to positive results. Yeah, that's everybody has more fun when you win. It's funny. We always exactly. wonder which comes first, the fun or the winning. I think I think <laughs> I think they all go together. But if you're losing, uh, it's real hard to have fun. Final minute with Larry Mayer. Oh, Larry, just refresh me and the Bears fans. So much has happened uh, as to our staff, the coaching staff on the offensive side. Uh, now, head coach. Matt Nagy is an offensive guy as opposed to head coaches that are defense, right? He's offensive uh, background. Then you mentioned is second in line pretty much then uh, Helfrich. Matt Helfrich uh, would be number two. And and is he the OC or where are we again? Yes. Okay. He's the offensive coordinator. And his Matt Nagy is going to call the plays. Okay. You know, the the interesting thing about those two guys is that if you look at their background, Hmm. they've had a great they have a great background in terms of developing quarterbacks, especially Mark Helfrich at Oregon, where he helped Marcus Mariota set all kinds of records, and he won the Heisman Trophy. And if you look at Matt Nagy, he's had a he had a big hand in Alex Smith, who I believe was in his 11th season this year. He led the NFL in passer rating with 104.7, yep. which is also his career high. So both of these guys, and you knew going into the the hunt for the coaching staff that. That would be a top priority given Mitchell Trubisky being the second pick in the draft coming back for his second season. So if anyone is capable and able to develop him, it seems like it's those two guys. So that's going to be really interesting to watch because, as you guys know, we haven't really had a franchise quarterback here with the Bears. And having the number two pick in the draft, spending it on him, they're going to bring in guys that are equipped to deal with him and to make him the best player he can be. And it's going to be fun to watch that throughout the summer and also the course of the, the season coming up. Oh, more than interesting, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> now, I can't believe you said they haven't had a, a franchise quarterback. Sid Luckman was amazing. Um, I, <laughs> right, exactly. I, I worked with Sid in 43 uh, before he went to the war at Wrigley yeah, Field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quarter, now, we have a quarterback coach uh, lined up uh, next on the hierarchy. Quick here, we got Matt Nagy, Matt Helfrich, and then who's the QB coordinator or well, coach? I believe- I believe, I don't think it's been announced officially okay. yet, but probably Dave Ragone, who was uh, a holdover for the previous staff. Who So that's a little continuity for Matt Nagy, or I'm sorry, for Mitchell Trubisky in terms of uh, some of his workload. And uh, the well-known uh, Brad Childress as the offensive consultant. Uh, what What's the plan with him? Uh, what will he contribute well, we're going to have to wait and see. All those questions are going to be answered. I believe in the next couple of weeks, when the co- I believe the coaches will be available to the media at some point. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll find out more details about that. 
Sounds great. Hey, and the league season starts out on March 14th, and that's when free agents can sign and all those other things happening, right? Yes, exactly. March 14th is the start of free agency, and it's going to be really fun to see what happens this year, like it always is every year. Oh, dumb question. Bears have the Hall of Fame game in Canton. Uh, does that mean they have five preseason, Larry? Or four yes, preseason? Yes, it means five preseason Hi. games, and it also means they report to training camp a week earlier than normal, so... In terms of having a new head coach, it'll be a good opportunity to get some more work in there. Super. Hey, Larry, let you run off to a million other things. I always appreciate a few minutes with you. We'll do it again uh, before the season begins if you have time for uh, Murph and Fred, okay? Always have time for you, Murph. Thanks. thanks a lot. Thanks, Larry. And thanks, Larry. See ya. No time for you, Fred. No, he no does. soup for you. I've known Larry for a long no, time. No, he's a no, great, no, great no, guy. No. Yeah, he loves his Cubs too. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. He's been he's been with the Bears for a long, long time. Last so. chance to vote right now: three three two three seven seven six or at ESPN one thousand Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll for this half hour. Which sport is not too slow? Wait. We never hear that question. It's always the other way around. Which sport is not too slow? NBA, MLB, NHL, or NFL? Oh, by the way, from Tom Skilling, Fred, I know you love this stuff. If not, just say you do anyway. Okay. <laughs> the length of... Okay. In the month of February, uh-huh. the length of days... Shortens over the twenty-eight days by sixty-seven okay, minutes. That, that's always that's always written wrong because the days are always twenty-four hours. Okay, you got it. <laughs> sunlight, right? Okay, sunlight, and we haven't had much sunlight lately. I understand that too. It, it, it's freaky when it starts staying up longer, and you right. go, you go, man, what time is it? It's got to be like three o'clock. Hey, oh, it's right. four thirty. What happened? Well, the sun came up this morning about 6.15 in Olin yeah. Park. Yeah, it was up a lot earlier than it was last week, and oh, it yeah. continues to do that. Well, let's do a little back-of-the-envelope uh, math with a yeah, pencil. We move the clocks and everything yeah. else. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure Eric's over there with a pencil, right? I'm going to do some back in the, uh, the Eric, uh, Eric envelope math. A, Eric has not had a pencil since he took the SAT. And they had to have a number two pencil. That's the last time I think Eric ever used a pencil. Eric. That or on a golf course. EL11, which uh, have you had more recently had? Which was that you actually used a pencil or you had cash money on you? Ooh. It'd be the cash money, but that's still rare. <laughs> yeah, I will is. say I haven't used a pencil in a long time, but my favorite writing utensil are the mechanical uh. pencils. Those always wrote so nicely. You like those? Yes. Yeah. I don't have them anymore, but yes. Yeah. I, I used to, and then every time I use one, I go, ah. Snap the tip yeah, off. This, yeah. And then all of a sudden the, the, the lead falls out of it. And yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. worse than losing the lead in your pencil. Hey, hey, hey. This is a family show. Alright, days lengthen during February, according to Tom Skelling, Skelethead. Days lengthen during February from February 1st to February 28th, or leap year, 67 minutes. Let's say 66 minutes, that's easier. Divide it by 30, you know, that's a round number. So, you're going to lengthen about three minutes a day that means a minute and a half in the morning a minute and a half in the sundown okay. right give or take i know it's not exactly so every day is about uh, three minutes uh 30 t- no that's not right it's two and a quarter <laughs> two and a quarter minutes so 2.25 times uh, 30 is 66 there we yep. go mm-hmm. that's why i call it back at a envelope yeah now. so basically a minute in the morning and a minute in the afternoon, sunrise, sunset every day. All right. And you can see it now. 5.15, no, 6.15 this morning. 
Unless, of course, you're in Arizona, then it's different. Now, I'm going to get into the time zone thing again. No. Again, there should be only one time zone. And I think Florida <laughs> Florida's actually putting a thing in where they don't want to change. It's always they want it to be the same time zone all mm-hmm. the time. That's so, actually what Arizona does. Yeah, when Arizona we change their clocks, it, they don't. Right. right. And, and I think Florida is is trying to change that. They want to keep it one one time all the time. Eric, it sounds like you're sort of uh, into uh, this expert to a degree on time zones and that you piped in there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Go on. Here, the entire state of Florida could be changing to the eastern time zone. That's what it is. So they're going to move. Oh, the panhandle. Oh, yeah, that's right. How are they going to move it? The panhandle. They're just going to move the line so the panhandle's not chopped off. Is there an actual line or a construction guy? you have to come out there and move the line? When you're on the interstate, like going to Indiana, there'll be a sign as Central Standard Time. Is there? I've never seen that sign. If you're driving out in the middle of nowhere, like uh, West Texas, where then you're going into New Mexico, there'll be a sign. Okay. Or your phone now will do it automatically. Yeah. You know, you're talking about the olden days. Phone Grandpa. does everything. Pretty soon your phone will drive your car. All right. I'll, okay. You know, see if you got this. So uh, when we talk to Jesse, he's on Rocky Mountain time right now. Right. Correct. Okay. So like we say, Jesse, you're going to be on a 10, but he's, oh, that's nine for me. All right. But here's where it gets tricky. So the sun came up at 515 this morning in Orland Park. All right. What time do you think the sun came up? In Phoenix. At 5.15 in Phoenix. Well, you're basically wrong. <laughs> because, but not entirely. <laughs> I'll give you a reason why. All right. We're in the central time zone. We are on the eastern end of the okay. time zone. Okay. So when the sun's overhead here, it just got into our time zone at 5.15. When it gets to the western end of Kansas... Just before it gets into wherever, Colorado or wherever, it's still in our time zone, but the sun doesn't come up for about 50 minutes later. So our time zone on the west end in the western part of Kansas, the sun didn't come up at 515. It came up about 10 after 6. So here's what's weird. When And I've been 30 times as a fan out to spring training in Arizona. In the beginning, it was goofy. So you fly out to spring training in March, and it's been sunrise here at 515 in the morning, let's say, right? Uh-huh. So you wake up your first morning in Arizona. It's and dark you, out. And you, set your, you change your watch. It's an hour. And you get up at 530, and you go, the sun doesn't come up for about another 50, 55 minutes. Yep. Nothing to do with the time zone, see? It's on the western end of a zone. We're on the eastern end of the zone. It takes the sun 60 minutes to cross the zone. So everyone, oh, That's yeah, why of you course it's, just one time zone. Of course, Murph, it's an hour different, you idiot. Now we're talking about. It's 55 minutes different. Then you're doing a wristwatch. Oh, my gosh. There you go. And not only Florida, okay, lawmakers pushing towards a move. All of Florida in the eastern time uh-huh. zone. And an amendment seeking year-round observance of right. daylight savings time, as right. well as the designation of 16 there, portions of Florida. There you go. How long is this segment right Too now? Long, <laughs> what is the next commercial? <laughs> Too long, Brandon. <laughs> Murph and Fred back in a flash. Hey, you know what? We got a little sports pop quiz coming up, and uh, you'll have a chance in a few minutes to hopefully win. What do we have in the prize drawer there? Do we have a... a who was laughing? Let the record was show me. it wasn't me. That was me. Well, we can dig up. There's a drawer. An ESPN 1000 gift pack. Something in there. And I got some great sound bites from this week of 
Miss a little, miss a lot of Theo on the air here and Crane Kenny. All that and more. And when we return the results of our, uh, our Twitter poll, now let's do it right now, Eric. Quick, what was the uh, results? Which sport is not too slow? And NBA, MLB, NHL, or NFL? I have no idea where this vote's going. Give me from the uh, bottom up. All right, from the bottom, 13% say the NFL. Not too slow. 21% say the MLB. Okay. 23% say the NBA, and mm-hmm. 43% say the NHL. All right. The NHL has is, worked. Is wow. They got rid of the two-line pass. They yep. got, they they cut down the time between periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, Fewer timeouts by one or... The that, NHL's quick. The NBA did that, too, with the timeouts. Hey, thanks for voting on that. When we return, vote now. Joe Madden's hair, A, looks better. He looks better with the black hair. B, he looks better with the white hair. And C, he looks a lot better with no hair shaved off like Jesse. Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. Tequila price going back uh, up, up, up. Shortage of the... Agave. Is it, is it pronounced? The agave plant? Yeah. Shortage of agave. But that uh, avocados price is plummeting. Uh, that That's shortage. only in a commercial. No, no. <laughs> they're, they're back down like the 79 cents. The Haas from uh-huh. uh, Mexico. Yeah. H-A-S-S, however you pronounce it. They were up to like a buck fifty. Were they really? A few months ago when there was a shortage. No, we only buy them when they're, uh, you know, under a dollar. <laughs> And then you can't always tell. Yeah. We, my wife, we got home and she was ready to make some uh, guacamole, and mm-hmm. she opened it. And she goes, "Ah, this is all brown." And she, you know, she did everything to it beforehand. Didn't matter. You it know, was felt right and everything. You know, lovely uh, Dana got me for Christmas. It's like four dollars online. A guac lock. All right. So when you make it, it doesn't turn brown. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's a little round. Looks like an initial, like it's Tupperware, but there's an elevator in the bottom of it. Uh-huh. It's round, and the and you you put in your guacamole. Either you buy it at the store, right. or you make your own, and then as you know, it turns brown a day or two later. Sure. No, you put it in the guac. A day. Uh, All you do is just Google guac. G-U-A-C, lock, L-O-C-K. I'm going out shopping with the wife today. Maybe I'll uh, go well, pick up a guac lock. might be online. I don't know. But maybe, Uh-oh. And, and then underneath, so you put the guacamole in. I'm looking at it right now. And then you push up the bottom. It's like an elevator. And uh, there's a little hole on the top, and it pushes all the air out. You push it up. You put the top back down, and it stays green for like all week. They have it at one of our favorite places, Bed Bath & Beyond. Really? You can find one. Yep. They're on Amazon, too, but... Crate and Barrel. Wow. I don't go to Crate and Barrel. I wonder if I should get a deal like deal like the My Pillow. The Guac Lock. Guac.com. Tell them Murph sent you. Uh-huh. Code word is M-U-R-F. <laughs> then the money, then I get there to run to my mailbox. There you go. Three, the three, Guac two. Lock. I didn't know anything about it, and my yeah. wife's going to love it. I should surprise her. I should have bought her one for Valentine's Day. That would have been perfect. Because you can't imagine the number of times we have to throw guacamole out because it's already brown. Or else you're uh, going to eat the whole thing. And that's, that's the word. Here we got it. More chips. We need more chips. The thing about guacamole, guacamole, it's very healthy for yes, you. Yes, it is. But it's loaded with calories. Yeah. So it's sort of like that. You figure it out. Yeah. Half good, half bad. Uh-huh. You can't like eat, you know, a pound of guacamole. And it's good for me. Yeah, some more. 
That's why you, you usually have chips with it too. That's why I've had a deal now where if I get a burger, sometimes I get the burger, and if and if guacamole or if avocado is an option, yeah. they spread, they slice avocado and put it on the burger. I'm mm-hmm. going ah, so I'm eating a burger, but it's got avocado on it, so mm-hmm. it's healthy. Er. Hey, you know what that means? Time for a Murph and Fred sports pop quiz. Don't dial now because you don't know the you don't answer. Know what the, you don't know the question. <laughs> Maybe you know the answer, but not the question. Then we'd really have a no, story. No, that's, that, that's Alex Trebek. All right. And uh, for a uh, ESPN 1000 gift pack, and uh, EO11, we'll have to uh, make sure we have a gift pack for you. Oh, uh, we'll find something. Okay. I'm going to give you a little little clue here first. You know how we say miss a little, miss a lot? Yep. And there's a, a lot of great stuff goes on uh, here at uh, ESPN 1000. Some of it on the air, even. Okay. This was, this was a great story earlier this week. Uh, I'm not even sure. Uh, Theo of the Cubs, the EO11, I have it loaded here. But who, who are we going to be listening to? Is this Danny Zetterman or? Yeah, that's Zetterman, correct. Okay, so little uh, uh, shop talk on the air. Let's eavesdrop now earlier this week. There's something really cool about Theo running our baseball team, and there's so, there's just a presence to him. Yesterday, you know, he called in to come on to Carmen and Yurko. So when the studio phone rings, I always answer at ESPN, this is Danny. And he goes, hey, Danny, this is Theo with the Cubs. I'm like, you didn't need to say with the Cubs, buddy. Like, like, All you have to do is say Theo. Right. He's and like everyone share. in this city knows who you are. It's like share. You just say share. Yeah, Theo. Just say Fred. Cap. Eo. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great story. Yeah. You know? It is. Right. He's, he's not so presumptuous. He's more self-effacing. Hi, yeah, Theo from the Cubs. It would have been even cooler they if told he me said. To call in. It would have been even cooler if he said, this is uh, Theo Epstein from the Cubs. Okay. You know. Give the whole name. You know, we know Bruce Wolf, right? You know who Bruce Wolf? Yeah, he's been around forever. Uh-huh. Why is it so? I'm not. So about ten years ago, I'm waiting for the elevator wherever we were at that time, and there's a. It was NBC Tower, and Bruce Wolf was doing TV for I guess Channel Five, the sports. Right. And he's standing there, and he's got the like the suit coat, uh, sport jacket on a hanger over his shoulder, right? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and. You know, I always you know, hear him, and he's a big... Anyway, so I said, hey, Bruce. Yeah. I go, Mike Murphy from WWW. He goes, I know Mike Murphy. You don't have to tell me from WWW. Uh-huh. You know, and that's sort of what Theo was doing there. Just like, that's Theo from the Cubs. Every time I run into anybody, I introduce myself. Oh, sure. Uh, and well, give them my whole name, and they go, we right. know you. you well, know? Yeah, let's hear this again. There's something really cool about... Theo running our baseball team, and there's so, there's just a presence to him. Yesterday, you know, he called in to come on to Carmen and Yurko. Mm-hmm. So when the studio phone rings, I always answer at ESPN, this is Danny. And he goes, hey, Danny, this is Theo with the Cubs. I'm like, you didn't need to say with the Cubs. I think Danny, and nice. he, we didn't get to the deepest point, but Danny's, the most excited Danny was uh-huh. when he realized it was Theo and he said his name. I think that's the part, because you, you hear, he said, hey, Danny, this is Theo. So mm-hmm. now Theo knows Danny. That's great. That's why he's excited. All right, time now for he the... Get good, uh, he can get good seats for when Pearl Jam comes back. Sports, really, that's it. The Sports Pop Quiz. And for a ESPN 1000 gift pack, uh, if you can tell me, uh, you know our famous phone number. Should I give the number? Or, I'll give it. Well, maybe we should just reward people that know the number already. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> 312-332-3776. Okay. 332-3776. Same number for years. All right. 
I'm going to give you four items here and tell me why they remind me of Theo. All right. Okay. All right. Theo. Theo Epstein. All right. Number one, Ham's Beer. Number two, Beaver Cleaver. Number three, Dr. Seuss. And number four, President Roosevelt. All right, Eric. You're not going to get a winner. Gotten a winner on that yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Three, well, we got seven second delays. They're already dialing in. Three three two three seven seven six. How come these four names remind me always of Theo Epstein, Ham's Beer, Beaver Cleaver, Doctor Seuss, and President Roosevelt? Bum, 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 bum. Huh. All I can think of is now you've got, you know, I've got one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. I don't even know head. what that means. Yeah, name of one of their books. Oh, Dr. Seuss? Dr. Seuss. Okay. Oh, the places you'll go. Let's take a uh, caller. Crown Point, Fred. Hey, Fred, there's already one Fred here, like Cher, you know, Fred. Now, you want to butt in on Fred Huebner? Sure he Fred? does. You're just Fred? <laughs> Yes, just Fred. <laughs> Why do I think of Theo Epstein when I hear or think of Ham's Beer, Beaver Cleaver, Dr. Seuss, and President Roosevelt? They all are big Cubs fans. <laughs> well, I don't know if Ham's Beer is a Cubs fan, but thanks I, for participating. I'm not sure if Dr. Seuss is either. I tell you, those ESPN 1000 gift packs, everyone wants one. Plus, I get to play, play, play the song in the background, Plink Plank. Kevin from New Lenox. Kevin, is that you? Hello. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Why do I think of Theo Epstein, uh, you know, who's, hi, this is Theo from the Cubs. When I think of Ham's Beer, Beaver Cleaver. Does everybody know who Beaver Cleaver is? Well, they better. Leave it to Beaver T. Dr. Seuss, everyone else. And President Roosevelt, Kevin. Okay, um... Hams, the uh, the bear was named Theodore. Go ahead. Uh, leave it to Beaver. Theodore was Beaver's real name. All right. Uh, Dr. Seuss, I'm a little bit hazy on, but I'm going to say something about Ted. I don't know why, but... Um, and then the last one was uh, Teddy Roosevelt. I think you mean Theo. Theodore Roosevelt, Right. Theodore Roosevelt. Well, his nickname was Teddy, I guess. Yeah, but work with me. See, you've already won. <laughs> work with me here. Would you? Would you work with me? Theo Epstein. Well, Theodore. I'm, I'm giving you a twofer, Murph. It's, Theodore it's Roosevelt. The and the full name. I, I love it. You're over. Hang on. Theodore Roosevelt. Dr. Seuss, his real name. The author, Theodore Geisel. All not right. I know that. Beaver Cleaver, Theodore Cleaver. And the best one, Ham's Beer, owned and first developed by... Theodore Ham used to be the Theo Ham Brewing Company, St. Paul, Minnesota. So we got Theo's, just like Theo. This is Theo with the Cubs, Theo Ham Brewing Company, uh, in Minnesota. Theodore Beaver Cleaver, Theodore Geisel, and President Theodore Roosevelt. Hey, you're gonna have a ESPN 1000 gift pack coming your way. Nicely done, Kevin. Oh, that was a lot of work, wasn't it? Theodore Ham, Ham's Brewing. All right. St. Paul, Minnesota. Says. That's where yeah. it's from. Uh -huh. That's exactly where it's from. There's something really cool about 
Theo running our baseball team, and there's so, there's just a presence to him. Yesterday, you know, he called in to come on to Carmen and Yurko. Mm-hmm. So when the studio phone rings, I always answer at ESPN, this is Danny. And he goes, hey, Danny, this is Theo with the Cubs. I'm like, you didn't need to say with the Cubs, buddy. Like, like, All you have to do is say Theo. Right. He's like, everyone share. in this city knows who you are. It's like, share. You just say share. Yeah, Theo. <sighs> That was a lot of work to give away. But you know what? An ESPN 1000 gift pack is very valuable. Got to catch up on a few things when we return. Got a few other sound bites. We'll try to shoehorn in on a busy, busy Saturday. Back in a flash with the uh, results of our Twitter poll. Joe Madden's hair, vote right now. Looks better with black hair, looks better with white hair. Or he'll be uh, shaving soon, right, Fred? Yes, he will. St. Baldrick's Day coming up. He always uh, shaves his head, as some of the other players do for the St. Baldrick's Day uh, for uh, childhood cancer, which right. is coming up soon. I know I'm, I'm hosting a uh, a thing. Uh, I do it each and every year. I try to for the oh Franklin Park Fire Department Cool. Uh, coming up in March. So. Raise cool. as much money as we can for nice, pediatric Nicely cancer. done. Hey, vote now at ESPN 1000. Murph and Fred still got to shove in about, what, six and a half hours in the three-hour show because we started with ten hours of product. Well, we got uh, four minutes to do it, so. <laughs> hey, Tip of the hat to Theo. At least he stepped up and fessed up and admitted. Well, here he is. He was on, uh, I believe, uh, let's see, it's probably Capper. Oh, Carmen Yurko, I'm sorry. Thank you, you 11. Uh, Theo has talked a little bit about uh, finding starting pitching, uh, which he, uh, you know, hasn't found any in the farm system. The drafting pitchers, developing them, and then breaking them into the big leagues is really hard. There's, like, there's not really an organization that can consistently do it year in, year out. And so because of that, we've chosen to put a lot of our resources into position players. Uh, what we haven't done, and, 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 and we have to pay the price for that, is, as you said, identify and grow our own homegrown pitching, which is an important part of the process. I think we just have to admit we have been very good at it and uh, instead of trying to deny it. I, I got to uh, hand it to him. At least he admitted it. Like he admitted after uh, five years, yeah. finally, that uh, he never saw DJ LeMayu when he traded him as his first maneuver or second maneuver as the Cubs GM. They looked at, I believe, Boston Red Sox scouting report and didn't like what they read about DJ LeMayu. He okay. used the right word, too, because he says we're paying for it because they paid Lester. Oh, yeah. They paid Darvish and they paid by giving up Eloy Jimenez in order to get Quintana. Exactly. So they are definitely paying for it. And by the way, uh, I think it's after this coming year, you can get uh, DJ LeMahieu back because he'll be a free agent, I think. It's either after this year or next That'd year. That'd be interesting if and they s- wanted to admit and uh, say, hey. Some people are saying that they don't think that the Rockies are going to be able to keep him there. Mm-hmm. So, And, uh, you know, Theo won the World Series, so I hate to ever mention that uh, in now, what, seven years, he's only had four guys that he drafted make it to the major leagues, the big four, the number one picks, which, you know. Guy walking down the street with a rolled up sporting news. We used to say could have could have picked Elmore and uh, Schwarber and uh, Bryant and uh, Hap. But uh, hey, they won the World Series. But here, so Crane Kenny was on earlier this week. This might have been with uh, Caparoo, but again, and I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, 
and and yeah, and he did his job as the uh, you know lateral uh, on the totem pole uh, with Theo. He uh, said, "Oh no, no, no!" Theo's been drafting very well. Obviously, we also need to draft a lot better than we had been, and and that you know the credit there to Jason and Theo and Jed and getting that part of the business um, straightened away. Uh, really, really helpful. The question was, how do you continue to win? He goes, well, we have to draft better. Uh, but then he said, like like they've been doing. And that's okay. That's what that's what uh, VPs for big companies do. You know, that's fine. Yeah. And uh, quick There's a couple of guys they drafted last year and one the year before that I think will come up eventually, uh, you know, pitching yeah. the big leagues. Hopefully. Uh, EO11, real quick, the uh, 9 o'clock Twitter poll. I know we're up against the clock. Uh, which uh, uh, White Sox need a big year from? Is it Giolito, Fulmer, Mancada, or uh, Tim Anderson? I said Tim Anderson, though that came in way down in the voting. Here's why, Fred, maybe. I think he came in second. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Tim Anderson, you see, the last thing you want is to be looking for a shortstop. If this is your guy, then you think we're set now for the next five, seven, ten years. No, 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 no. What are you talking about? Next year. Manny Machado, shortstop, okay. Chicago White Sox. Well, maybe you could spend that money somewhere else if it turns out Tim Anderson does the job. Or you put, put him at third. anybody else. I'll put him at third then. Or Tim Anderson. Jake hey, Berger, come what, on. want to thank all our... Uh, <laughs> a mustard and ketchup on it. want to thank all our guests. Jesse Rogers and Larry Mayer. From, and John DeWine. And John DeWine from State of the Week. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow with Adam Abdallah, Chris Black, 9 till noon. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking, unfortunately, we'll be forced to talk about the NBA Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But people love it. So that's where we'll talk about it. Cool. And we want to thank Eric Ostrowski, as always. Yo, Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Yeah.